Welcome. We have been waiting for you. They do not want you to be here. But where others fail, you will succeed. Forget the cell. In this space, time is endless. You are now experiencing the fourth dimension. Are you ready for what lies ahead? Your mind will transcend reality. Your consciousness will be sharpened like a sword. You will lose all connection to the outside world. And nothing will ever be the same again. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night. Or Friday, depending on where you are. It could be a Monday if you're drunk enough, right? If you don't have a job to go to. What day is this? I don't even know. Thanks for joining us. As always, plenty to get through. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure to be with you tonight. Hope you've had a lovely day. I certainly have. And as I said, we've got so much to get through. And I'm blessed by your presence. Because otherwise I would just be talking to myself. Which I which I would do anyway. Don't worry. I did a radio show with a good friend of mine for about six years. And we were convinced that the only people that were listening to the radio show was whoever was waiting outside the studio to be the next show up. Whoever was using, whoever was next in line to use the studio, they were the only people listening to the show. And they were there begrudgingly and against their will. So, <laughs> so don't say it can't be done. Thanks so much for joining us. It is the free for all. I want to say a big thank you, a big opened arm, a big clap, a big round of applause for everybody who contributed on the Twitter, the little blue bird. Thank you so much for making Thursday nights as fun as they are with all of the articles and clips that you send through for our dissection, our dissection for your enjoyment. I hope you've had a lovely day. How could you not have a lovely day? It was a, it was a fantastic day for democracy. A fantastic day. The light of liberty on the hill that shines brightly across the, the free world, ladies and gentlemen, today just got a little bit brighter. 
because a man breathing nothing but hot air on the flame. He threw his hat in the ring. He's stepping up to the podium. He is taking on the swamp, I think, or something. I don't know, trying to make America less Nazi again. Manazi? Manazi? Manaza? Make America. Malza. Make America less Nazi again. Malna. We'll call it Malna. Joe Biden, Malna, 2020. Congratulations, Joe. You know, there's a lot of bad people running around here in this country now. You know, even Jefferson, he was kind of a son of a bitch too, but he wrote some good stuff. You know, there's a bunch of Nazis, Nazis out there marching around with their tiki torches. Well, it's almost as if America is being run by old rich white men. Well, I, Joe Biden, am here to announce (laughs) that I am the perfect guy to displace the old rich white men. Can't wait. I can't wait for this shit to kick off. It was the slowest of slow burns. It was a rash in a hard-to-reach place, but finally, the world of political junkies all across the spectrum, in all time zones, on all continents, we can finally scratch. Ah, there it is. Joe Biden running. I'm not going to do everything on Joe, don't get me wrong, (laughs) but I wasn't even going to talk about it. But then somebody sent me his campaign commercial last night friend of the show, my co-host on The Common Discourse, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason, Adam J, and he sent it through to me. He said, you've got to see this fucking thing. (laughs) And I watched it and we were talking and I was like, wow, this is insane. This is the most insane campaign ad I've ever seen in my life. This is phenomenal. So we absolutely must go over, Joe. But that's not the only thing we've got to go. Um, I'm also going to show you apparently how everybody hates women. We've got that in line. Got a little bit of AI stuff, which you might find interesting. Bit of fake news. Plus, as always, your contributions on a Thursday night, which make the free for all, all for free or something. So settle in, pour yourself a nice drink. I've got the uh, Red Bull and a nice hard cider. Harder than soft cider, but not softer than hard liquor, I think you'll find. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. Of course, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to touch me inappropriately, appropriately, don't stop some more. Then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it off the way we like to with this. Now you face. The Shredder. Time for the Shredder. Scott says, I always thought you were an AI. Does not compute, comrade. Joe Biden is the best candidate to beat Trump. The best. He's the best around. I love, if you can just see, I know it's very small, the thumbnail over here on the right of Joe Biden putting on the glasses like he's from Men in Black. If Joe, if only he had one of those memory eraser things. Okay. The last 30 years didn't happen. 
Uh, I haven't seen this video. The core values of this nation are standing in the world, uh, our very democracy. Everything that has made America, America is at stake. Everything that's made America, America. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to the campaign ad, don't worry. Joe Biden's limitations as a presidential candidate are so obvious, they are, they are almost a litany. This is from the Washington Post, by the way. And the Washington Post, ladies and gentlemen, as well as CNN, uh, MSNBC, they have been doing their absolute best to reframe Joe Biden's, would you perhaps say, grabby, grabby, touchy-feely tendencies as merely an old guy trying to get readjusted in a new world. I'm not joking. We played the clip on the show. If you want to go back and look at the previous show or listen to the previous podcast, I think it's called A D Cup of Joe. A D Cup of Joe. And we played the clip from, I can't remember which idiot was talking on MSNBC on Morning Joe. <laughs> One idiot just blurs into another on that show. That's why it's my favorite, Morning Joe. Here's another idiot expert. <laughs> it's like, yay! <laughs> I get all excited on the lounge. <laughs> Eating my potato chips. Can't wait to see what this idiot's got to say. But he equated uh, Joe Biden needing to relearn how he goes about his you know, public shows of affection he said it was akin to people in the South having to learn how to talk to black people <laughs> after after the Jim Crow laws were taken away. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, it's a it's a brave new world now. Norms have changed. So it's just like after we repealed Jim Crow, a whole bunch of white people had to get used to seeing black people walking around. This is the same kind of thing for Joe Biden. And of course, my argument was, well, when was it ever normal in society to walk up to strange women or children, for that matter, uh, go up behind them, grab them by the shoulders and sniff their hair? I don't think that was ever a social norm. Oh, yeah, Kim Hall in the chat. What? Yeah, exactly. We played the show. I've, if you go to the Podbean um, where we host the podcast, so it's boogiebumper.podbean.com, look for the episode D Cup of Joe. And then if you go through the links, because I put all the links that we use in the show up on that page, and you'll find the link. You'll find the guy saying it was just like the repeal of Jim Crow. I'm not joking. They mean it. <laughs> so, and, you know, there was a, we were reading articles from outlets like the Huffington Post, you know, further left, because obviously Joe believe it or not, is more of a moderate. So the hard left don't particularly want him. There's a there's a civil war happening in the Democrat Party. So the hard left wants to usurp the power of the establishment Democrats like Joe Biden, like Nancy Pelosi, like Chuck Schumer. And so they're doing their absolute best to say, please don't run, Joe. You cannot run. You are the worst possible candidate. This is not going to work out. We need Elizabeth Warren. We need Bernie Sanders, right? But the corporate press doing what the corporate press does they have fallen in lock stock behind Joe Biden. They have bought in. They have pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. He's the man. He's the only one who can beat Donald Trump. He's our best bet yet. Uncle Joe for 2020. So they went about trying to reframe his touchy-feely nature as merely an old guy trying to get used to the new normal in society. The article continues, he's too old, too white, too male, too touchy-feely, too loquacious. But he has one huge plus. He may be the person who could move President Trump out of the White House. 
Biden, the former vice president, rightly put the obligation of replacing Trump at the centre of his announcement Thursday that he's running. I would suggest he put neo-Nazism at the centre of his announcement, which was very strange and ill-advised. But we will get to that. The core values of this nation, our standing in the world, our very democracy, everything that has made America, America is at stake, he said. As Democrats uh, Democrats assess the dizzying array of 20 candidates, the first question they should ask is whether a nominee could gain a strong majority in the general election and defeat Trump. Trump, as he's known in his native homeland of Russia, as we've been led to believe. If the nominating process produces a candidate who appeals to the party's base but can't defeat the incumbent, it will have failed. Progressive activists within the party are generating ideas and energy that could galvanise a country that wants a fairer economy and a cleaner government. But none of these ideas will matter unless a Democrat wins. The damage Trump would do in a second term might not be undone for decades. Perish the thought. In thinking about their party's nominee, paradoxically, Democrats must put the country first. And then this one. Trump's greatest threat has arrived. The great threat. The frontrunner has finally thrown his hat into the ring. Joe Biden starts the 2020 campaign not only as the favourite for the Democratic nomination, but also probably as a slight favourite to win the presidency itself. Biden's virtue in both contests is his relative moderation. He stands to the right of the bulk of his putative Democratic competitors, someone who has not built a career as a paladin of progressive policy priorities as Senator Sanders has, or Elizabeth Warren have done, but he stands to the left of President Trump on a host of issues. If the median American voter is like Goldilocks, in search of something not too left, not too right, but just right, Biden is well positioned to be her choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because Donald Trump is so far right. I mean, you know, like expanding Medicare and Medicaid, for example expanding government spending that's so far to the right man so far to the right i mean it's just awful he's practically a nazi he just hates everyone um i think the bad part for joe biden is he may be touching women inappropriately but he can't even do that better than donald trump right because they're gonna say oh it's wrong donald trump said grab him on the pussy that's like well all joe biden can do is sniff people's hair He is weak sauce, man. Does he even have testicles? Come on, man. If you're you're going to abuse women, make sure you get right in there and do it properly, like Trump would. Even Trump knows how how to sexually abuse with style. That flair going for the low low grab. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you roll. Not this creepy thing of creeping up behind people and touching their shoulders and... (laughs) Some people have said that um, Joe Biden running, a couple of people have said to me, because I'm in a couple of groups, a couple of little different little mini groups of three or four people who discuss this kind of stuff. And one of the theories being floated is that Joe Biden is the stick of dynamite. So his role in this is going to be attack Donald Trump in order to give clear way, clear air 
to the other candidates so they can't be questioned so much on policy, right? So he comes in, Donald Trump focuses all his all of his attention on Joe Biden. Attack Joe Biden, attack, attack Joe Biden, attack Joe Biden. And he basically becomes like a kind of pseudo shield for the rest of the candidates running, which which does make sense if you think about it. But in order for that to be true, then that would have to mean that Joe Biden doesn't have his own personal aspirations to become president, which I'm not sure is necessarily true because he probably does. But we'll have to wait and see. But this is how he decided to kick off his campaign, ladies and gentlemen. I've been waiting for this all day. Ladies and gentlemen, children of the world, I believe the children are the future. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) They smell so good. Ladies and gentlemen, children of the world, I want to introduce you to the next president of the United States, probably not really, former senator, former vice president, Joseph Biden. Charlottesville, Virginia is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history. We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often, it's almost a cliche. Speaking of endowed. (laughs) But it's who we are. We haven't always lived up to these ideals. Jefferson himself didn't, but we have never. <laughs> He's off to a flying start, ladies and gentlemen. One of the founding fathers, one of the most intelligent men who ever lived, Thomas Jefferson. Have you ever read his books? He was an out-and-out fucking genius, this guy. He understood individual liberty and political philosophy like few before and few since. Joe Biden starts off by saying, well, Jefferson was kind of a prick. <laughs> Jefferson might have wrote, you know, some pretty nice things, but himself, nah, he was kind of a douchebag, kind of a dirtbag. He didn't really believe it. He didn't really live up to what he said most of the time. <laughs> Part of the swamp, I guess. Never before walked away from them. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. The issue here, Joe, (laughs) we know you're trying to do like a negative ad against Donald Trump and your ultimate goal here is to equate Donald Trump with Nazism, correct? You 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 want everybody to think that Donald Trump equals Nazism and then if you vote for Donald Trump, you're voting for America to become a future Nazi state. The problem is when you roll with this kind of footage, a lot of people are already thinking to themselves, wait, this great nation that you want to you lead is afraid of, what, 100 well-dressed guys chanting rude things. There's a, lady, there's a young lady there in the, in the shot. You can see her. A young lady there. This is the end of America, is it? This was the defining moment. <laughs> A hundred guys chanting things whilst holding tiki torches as if on their way to a beachside barbecue. Well, this was one of the most horrible defining moments 
in America's history over the last three years. It's like this is this is the big problem. This the Nazis, ladies and gentlemen. Now, <laughs> now of course, he's going to bring up it's a it's a running show on this joke. It's a running show or a running joke on the show I do with James on a Sunday night called Trust and Verify. You can find that at TAV Show on Twitter. That every single article we read when it comes to Donald Trump. I'm not even joking here, hand on heart. I won't say every single one. I'll say practically every single article. Occasionally they stray, but every single article mentions this. Mentions Charlottesville. They mention the Billy Bush tape. They mention the dossier, all of them. And they just go through, he called all the Mexicans rapists. He said there was good people on both sides. And they just say the exact same things. And they've been doing it for two years. Been doing it for two years. But let's just carry on. It gets even better. It was there on August of 2017, we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces. Their crazed faces. (laughs) (laughs) Their crazed faces, ladies and gentlemen. Illuminated by torches, veins bulging, burying the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. They were met by a courageous group of Americans. Courageous. And a violent clash ensued. (laughs) Antifa, the courageous heroes of the peace, ladies and gentlemen. The courageous heroes, Antifa. They were met, but he was met by, they were met by courageous individuals standing up for American values. I'm just looking for a video here on the fly. Give me one second. Let's just give me one second here. Okay. Looking, looking, looking. Here we go. He here's your heroes, Joe. And pepper spray. The Burning cars heroes, and ladies smashed and windows. A small group of protesters dressed in black, their faces covered. Look at these heroes. Hammers and bricks. Facing off with thousands of officers on standing up for American values. <laughs> <laughs> Some brave and courageous people were willing to stand in the way of this Nazi in chief, this Hitler 2.0. God bless the patriots who donned the black mask to stand up to our fascist overlords, ladies and gentlemen. Look A at this hero here. Riot gear, confronting them with flashbang grenades and pepper spray. All of a sudden, the police officers started to spray pepper spray, and they got our audio technician. They're coming. They're running because they're going to throw more flashbangs. Heroes. The chaotic scene just blocks outside the security area of the inauguration and parade route. The inauguration day riots, ladies and gentlemen, from the heroes who want to stand up to the Nazis. And a brave young woman lost her life. 
And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked stunned the conscience of this nation. No, it didn't. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. This very fine people on both sides line has been debunked and the full quote has been put out there so many times it's not even worth going over it because I'd just be insulting all of you. Everybody knows he didn't say that the Nazis were good people and we've been over it time and time and time and time again. Stun the world. Yes, the whole world was in shock. Shocking, shocking behaviour, Mr. Pre- Mr. President. I say, sir... Are you saying that the Nazis are good people, sir? <laughs> there's, a, there's a comment in the chat. Donald brings out the worst of people. So, see, because your own behaviour, you're not responsible for your own behaviour now. If you go out, riot, burn down buildings, kick in shop windows, knock over trash cans, start fights in the street, wear black masks, throw Molotov cocktails because you hate Donald Trump, it's his fault. <laughs> Oh, God help us all. He brings out the words. It's all his fault. If he didn't exist, everything would be fine, you know. Well, unfortunately, he does. But look at Joe Biden's face here. I can't believe that he's running on this line. I can't believe that this was his, this was his announcement to the world. Donald Trump said that there were fine people on both sides. On the other hand, though, I can believe it because it, it just proves once again that reality doesn't matter anymore. The, the facts don't matter. The truth doesn't matter. We live in a subjective universe of, you know, inferences and implications and things taken out of context and things blown up artificially and, and various, you know, various ideas and opinions are just washed over you and whatever sticks, sticks. So a large chunk of the population would, you know, it, does, it just doesn't matter. They will just continue to say, yes, Donald Trump pushes racism. They'll, they'll just keep saying it forever. And it doesn't matter what you show. And it doesn't matter if you, you prove, if, it doesn't matter if you give the actual quote in its full context, which clearly shows that he said, I'm not talking about Nazis. I'm talking about people who don't want to turn, tear down statues. It doesn't matter. People will just ignore it. They'll just keep rolling over the top like Blitzkrieg. Their tanks are moving far too fast to take notice of the monuments that they're crushing on their way to the Polish capital. So, you know, and Biden is just utilizing it. And to be fair, Trump, Trump would be best to utilize it as well, knowing that most people don't care about facts. Most people don't care about reality. You may as well just make shit up. <laughs> but, you know, this proves unequivocally once again, because Biden is the front runner. And this was his, his announcement to the world. He said that Nazis are very fine people. He's calling Antifa courageous, courageous heroes, ladies and gentlemen. Even Nancy Pelosi came out and said, we need to disassociate ourselves from Antifa. We can't be associated with this kind of garbage. Remember the first two articles we read, Joe Biden's great quality is apparently that he's a moderate. So he decided in his first official venture as a candidate in 2020 to go right and blow the moderate angle right out of the water and become a cheerleader for Antifa and call Donald Trump a Nazi. So he's, 
He's got his, he's scooped up his 20% on the hard left before he's even stepped out onto the field. Very fine people on both sides. With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those <laughs> spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. <laughs> spreading hate. <laughs> Yes, we wouldn't want to encourage people to spread hate. Those spreading hate, ladies and gentlemen, and those with the courage to stand against it by calling everybody a Nazi, by kicking in shop windows and setting fire to things, spraying people in the face with pepper spray, we're standing against hate. You know, once upon a time, um, people on the left actually protested on behalf of the Ku Klux Klan to be able to march in streets in the South. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? It was actually lefty lawyers who argued that they should be allowed to march. They should be allowed to organise and protest. Nowadays, you run a campaign. You run, you run a campaign on commercial on the fact that Antifa are brave warriors of you know of patriotism, and they're standing up against they're, they're brave, courageous souls standing up against those who would spread hate, whatever the hell that means, spreading hate, like it's a condiment. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. I wrote at the time that we're in the battle for the soul of this nation. Well, that's even more true today. We are in the battle for the soul of this nation. Well, you better not lose then. You better best, best put on a black ski mask immediately. Best kick in a shop window as soon as you find one, preferably a Starbucks, Mr. Biden. The battle for the soul of the nation is nigh. I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time. But if we give Donald Trump eight years in the White House, yep. he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation. <laughs> if Donald Trump is given four more years, America will become just like Nazi Germany. You know, I I have I have a lot of respect for people who work on campaigns and stuff and people who frame campaign messaging and campaign communication, framing arguments like, you know, positioning themselves against their opponents and stuff. But on this occasion, I, I can't help but think that the people who are running Joe Biden's campaign must have been sitting there in their room, you know, having a cup of coffee. Having a cup of coffee going, okay, how are we going to do this? How should we announce our our campaign to the world? It's like, has anybody called Donald Trump a Nazi yet? Oh, I don't know. Let me have a look here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, everybody's been calling Donald Trump a Nazi every day 5,000 times for the last three years. <laughs> you know what? It's going to work this time. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got an idea. I've got an idea, guys. Donald Trump is a Nazi. Let's run with that. Oh, brilliant, Joe. Mr. Biden. Mr. Biden. You are inspirational, sir. How the hell did he come up with that? He's a, he's a fucking genius, I tell you. Donald Trump is a Nazi? Who would have thought of that? Who, who would think of that? He nailed it. He got it. Man, it was, it was right there in front of us all along. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Mr. Biden, you are the best. <laughs> Can we, has anybody talked about that Charlottesville rally before? Oh, yeah. Actually, they have. You know what? Let's do it. 
Let's do it. When we do it, people will pay attention. They'll say it's brilliant. Oh, Joe, Joe, what an inspirational leader. He came up with calling Donald Trump a Nazi for the one millionth time. He's going to show the Charlottesville footage. He's a genius, man. He is Einstein. Joseph Einstein Biden. People won't even remember the touching and the sniffing and the whispering in the children's ears and the grabbing them on their hips and their bellies whilst taking photos. They're not even going to remember that when once we show once we show that Donald Trump is a Nazi again for the millionth time, everybody will be past that. Nobody's going to even remember that stuff, Joe. You're a genius. Fantastic decision, sir. Who we are, and I cannot stand this by and watch that happen. The core values of this nation are standing in the world, our very democracy, everything that has made America America. <laughs> I love the war footage thrown in there. <laughs> By the way, by the way, the Democrats, they love the veterans now. They love World War II, man. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, we went over there to fight the Nazis, but now we've got to fight the Nazis here at home. It's terrible. <laughs> America's at stake. That's why today I'm announcing. He just showed it. He just showed a Republican. Martin Luther the King, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. King. Hey. This re- this Republican supports Joe Biden too. <laughs> wow. Let's put Martin Luther. Let's put let's put a one second little. Let's splice in Martin Luther the King for one second if we can, please. Can we do that? Oh, you're a genius, sir. Nobody would have thought of that. <laughs> That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy uh, for president of the United States. Folks, America's an idea. It's an idea. An idea that's stronger than any army, bigger than any ocean, yeah. more powerful than any dictator or tyrant. <laughs> it gives hope to the most desperate people on earth. It guarantees that everyone is treated with dignity uh, and gives hate no safe harbor. It instills in every person in this country the belief that no matter where you stand, you're allowed to hate Nazis, though, right? Because otherwise it's going to be terribly confusing. We're against hate. This, this, this country gives hate no safe harbor. Actually, isn't that the reverse of what America is? Because isn't the whole point of America you're allowed to say and protest and gather and hate whatever you like as long as you don't inflict any damage or violence on anybody? Isn't that generally the, what America's all about? Since when did America become a place where hate don't live here? That's a new one. I thought the best part about America has always been the fact that you could openly talk about how much you hate people. <clears throat> Isn't that what made America different? That you could come out and say, I hate this president. I hate this government. I hate this politician. I hate all of those people. Because the First Amendment, right? Now it's like America, America was never about being having people having the freedom to express how much they hate somebody. That's never been part of the deal. Really? Really? Since when? Like I said, lefties used to protest on behalf of people like the Klan being able to march in certain cities. So that's, that's a new one. We don't harbour hate here. Unless you are people that we hate, then we hate you. But that's, that hate's allowed because you hate everyone. You see, you see, America is an idea. And then that idea is stronger than the most powerful army and deeper than the deepest ocean. 
America is a place where everybody can come together and have their say. Unless you say things that people don't like. Then you need to get the fuck out because you dangerous. You're going to turn us into some kind of Nazi superstate. So we're the courageous people will stand against you. The, the courageous people in black masks, ladies and gentlemen, will stand against you because you push hate. And hate don't live here. Start in life. There's nothing you can achieve if you work at it. That's what we believe. And above all else, that's what's at stake in this election. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. My bet is after a month of this, people are going to be saying, Joe, give up on Charlottesville. <laughs> forget about Charlottesville. It's not working. It's not happening. The Charlottesville thing, it's, it's run its course. You've got as much mileage as you can out of that. I get, you, you watch. I bet you. In a month from now, Joe Biden will be saying things like, it's, we need to move on from events like Charlottesville and look to the future. <laughs> And then we can just play this little clip of him saying, we, can't, we can never forget about Charlottesville. We always must always focus on Charlottesville and bring it up wherever possible in every opportunity. We need to talk about Charlottesville every day until the, end, until the sun burns out. Every day we need to think about Charlottesville, be reminded of Charlottesville, and understand why Charlottesville should never have happened. And starting from today, one month from now, Joe Biden will be saying, you know, we really, as a nation, we need to come together and move on from Charlottesville. We need to, we need to walk, we need to leave that ugly incident behind us. We need to move on and unite. I guarantee it. Um, this got me thinking about other campaign ads, ladies and gentlemen, other campaign launches. So the voice of reason, Adam J, sent this one through. Rick Perry in 2012. Do you remember this? I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm a Christian, but you don't need to be in the pew every Sunday to know that there's something wrong in this country when gays can serve openly in the military, Damn homosexuals. but our kids can't openly celebrate Christmas or pray in school. As president, I'll end Obama's war on religion, and I'll fight against liberal attacks on our religious heritage. Faith made America strong. It can make her strong again. Make America strong again. Rick Perry, ladies and gentlemen. Another Nazi, apparently. This was probably one of the most famous ones of the last couple of years. Do you remember this? <laughs> Some people see a dumpster fire and do nothing but watch the spectacle. Because <laughs> I was thinking that the Joe Biden campaign ad was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. But to be fair, I was overlooking a few. Very, very recent memory. A few in very recent memory that were far worse than Uncle Joe Biden's one. <laughs> By the way, hate don't live here, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have room for hate. We can't have divisive rhetoric. Everybody needs to come together. This isn't what America is all about. Some are too scared to face the danger. Or they think it will benefit them if they just let it keep on burning. Others shrug and say, Oh, all this talk of a dumpster fire, it's just fake news. There is an inferno raging in Washington. But here in the land of 10,000 lakes, <laughs> we know how to put out a fire. I am Richard Painter, and I approve of this message. <laughs> Richard Painter, Kimmy, that's his name. Richard Painter. 
he comes on. He's been going on um, MSNBC for the last two years saying that Donald Trump's going to be indicted from the Mueller investigation. I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can bring him up for you. Again, completely impromptu. Let's put into YouTube Richard Painter Trump indictment and see what comes up. Richard Painter, because you can trust him, right? He only tells the truth. Richard Painter Trump indictment. Okay, let's see what he has. Let's see what he says here. Yeah, it makes no sense uh, to uh, run a government this way Say and allow now. foreign agents uh, into the government and have the president not even know. Say you're draining the swamp, uh, <laughs> and uh, yet you're bringing in people who have close ties to the Russians and other countries as well, and uh, on the payroll is, of the Turkish government. This is the guy who was going to put out the dumpster fire. This was March 11, 2017, two years ago. And then the president doesn't know about it. Uh, or he says he doesn't know about it. I mean, this is this is a completely chaotic situation. And then uh, General Flynn lied about his contacts with the oh, Russians, lied yeah. to the vice president. And yeah. we've had the attorney general yeah. uh, uh, in testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee yeah. uh, say that he did not have contacts with the Russians yep. uh, when he had contacts with the Russians. Ah, People the Rus- are not being honest about their foreign contacts. And uh, talk about uh, this deep state theory as is he of, somehow Obama. General Eatonas, is he of royal heritage? I'm <laughs> a moles in the government undermining the Trump administration. Sir Richard Painter III enjoys a spot of fox hunting and spent whiling away the hours in his cobblestone manner. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm ridiculous. more worried about KGB agents running around the West Wing or in the... <laughs> KGB agents running around the West Wing. Just a quick reminder on Richard Painter. Some people see a dumpster fire and do nothing but watch the spectacle. Some are too scared to face the danger. Or they think it will benefit them if they just let it keep on burning. (laughs) Others shrug and say, Oh, all this talk of a dumpster fire, it's just fake news. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all fake news. Some people say it's all fake news, but I, I, Richard Painter, say that there's KGB agents running around in the West Wing. Donald Trump is going to be indicted. Everybody's working for Russia. Some people say it's fake news. Somebody put out this goddamn dumpster fire. (laughs) Here's another one. Here's another ad from the 2018 midterms. I think you'll enjoy. Yo. This is an actual campaign ad. Together America works. Together America works. What? Together America works. Together America works. You wanna be the man, gotta make a name. Say you wanna win, gotta play the game. If you win a race, gotta make a lane. Wanna make a difference, gotta make a change. Yeah, teach. Yeah, teach. Yeah, teach. Yeah, teach. Yeah, teach. Yeah, This is good. Can't believe this guy didn't get elected. 
I'm Yatish Joshi and I approve this message. <laughs> so Yatish Joshi, that's Yatish Joshi. Everybody thought the rapper was Yatish Joshi. This guy, where is he? This guy here, that's not Yatish Joshi. This is Yatish Joshi. <laughs> he only says one line at the end of it. The whole commercial is some guy rapping going, Yatish yo, Yatish yo. And right at the end, he says, I am Yatish Yoshi, vote for me. It's like, fuck, I didn't even know you were running. I thought it was the other guy. <laughs> I'm voting for Yatish Joshi. He's a, he's a phenomenal rapper with a big future in, ahead of him. But this is my absolute favorite one from the 2018 midterms. This is the best. This is actually good. Everybody came out and said that this was a terrible campaign commercial. I want to see more campaign commercials like this. This is fantastic. Congresswoman Comstock back there at the bar. Sure is. Bet you can't get her to hold a town hall. <laughs> town hall? Do you want better than that? This is fantastic. We've lost that love and feeling. No, Dan. No, Dan, no. <laughs> you never hold town halls anymore with, with Well done. Best campaign nice work, ever. Thanks, Maverick. Thanks, Mav. I'm Dan Helmer. <laughs> I approve of town halls, bad singing, and this message. <laughs> Democrat Dan Helmer is running for Congress in Virginia's 10th district. What a good sport. Learn more at homerforcongress.com. See, Joe Biden wants you to think that America is all about fighting Nazis and war and, you know, people in black masks standing up to protesters and starting fights and this is a dark time, this is awful, this is horrible. If we let Donald Trump run for eight years in the White House, America is going to be fundamentally changed forever. We can't let that happen. We are on the brink of a disaster. It's awful. Everything is bad. Everything is rotten. Everything is negative. America is a horrible place right now. We have no chance to, we have no chance in the future. We're going to fall into the grips of anti-Semitism and violence and division. You need to vote for me so I can heal. I can heal. I can repair us. I can repair the country. I can repair our standing around the world. It's just so fucking awful. It's terrible. <laughs> he wants you to think that that's the real America. I disagree. 
I think this is I think this is real America right here. This is real sure America. Is. That you can't get her to hold a town hall. Town hall? Do you want better than that? We've lost that love and feeling. No, Dan. You got to go. That's America. Nice work, Dan. Thanks, Maverick. I hope he gets in. I don't even care what his politics are. Look at him. I'm Dan Helmer. I approve of town halls, bad singing, and this message. That's America, baby. <laughs> Come on, would you rather vote for this guy or this or this guy? Or this guy here. Supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and bearing the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. Come on. Who's got the more positive message here? How about Yatish Joshi? I am Yatish Joshi and I approve this message. He's even better than Joe Biden. Maybe we can do away with politicians altogether, ladies and gentlemen. While tech experts like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking have warned that AI is the greatest risk to humanity, robots continue to evolve and get smarter by the day. Yatisho! Yatisho! AI could now be set to move into politics. Well, it would be a step up. Everybody in politics is already a programmed drone anyway. They all say the exact same things. They all repeat the exact same lines. So if, if AI could move in and actually, you know, interact with you at some base level, then that might be preferential, I think. Wish Yatish would have freestyled General Eaton. Oh, yeah, wouldn't that be something? I am best for Congress. Congress is good. Do we get to hear Sam speak or what? Or is it all just this? I've really got to start watching pre, pre-watching videos, ladies and gentlemen. Just sticking with politics for a moment. Um, this was shared earlier today. Uh, New York Times journalist went down to the border. He then met up with Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. You say, though, you want a high wall with a big gate, yes. a smart gate. But a high wall, that's going to sound to, to a lot of folks out there, that's what Donald Trump wants. Well, I, I, I think you've got to control the border. When you have an increase of illegal uh, apprehensions of illegal entries what? by of 374% since what? October, what? Um, uh, obviously you've got a situation where the border security is not sufficient, and that's going to drive people. But, sir, 
It's it's a manufactured crisis. It's not really happening, remember? Remember it was all a concoction of right-wing media and racism and hatred? Pushing hatred, pushing fear. Remember that? Remember the fear? The dripping fear? The fear <laughs> filling your nostrils like so many a preteen girl's hair for Joe Biden. Like apple shampoo on a preteen. It was a fake crisis. It's a, it's a manufactured crisis. It's not really happening. So what the hell are you talking about? The New York Times is pushing fake news, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, who we should want to be pro-immigration against immigration. Democrats have been willing to fund more border security. Okay? I'm for a high wall with a big gate, a compassionate, a smart gate, so we can keep immigration going. But you're not going to do that, Wolf, if people think... People can just walk into this country. They're not going to support the immigration that we need. There it is. The, one of the writers from the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen, on Wolf Blitz's show, absolutely smacking him silly around the face. If you think people could just walk in over the border whenever they feel like, you're a fucking lunatic. Tell you what, we haven't done this for a while. Since we're talking about campaigning, since Joe Biden is the only man who could possibly dethrone Donald Trump, I guess it's time we assess some of, some of Donald Trump's weaknesses, ladies and gentlemen. And who better to do that than this guy? Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor land is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery but the fruit of the Portland is impossible to eat. I could have used you the other night at dinner when I was trying to convince people that this, this all wasn't about the economy or economic disenfranchisement. Because if it was, then his uh, approval rating would be a lot higher. This was about something else. And that's a whole nother story, okay. a whole nother show. He is his but, own worst enemy. enemy. But I... <laughs> what is this, a fucking barbershop quartet? <laughs> Who do you think you are, Joshy? He's his own worst enemy. And baby, baby, I know it. I gotta tell you, it's all projection. Everything that he projects onto uh, other people uh, is he, really uh, about... He was gonna say us. Everything he projects onto us, but that would have sounded incredibly narcissistic. So Don pulled himself up halfway through that. Everything he says about uh, uh, other people, <laughs> it's all projection. <laughs> so I am glad that you are taking the high road. Okay. And you are not going on Twitter and responding to him. I wish you would uh, do that about, you know, some of the people who are eggs on Twitter. You know how we talk about eggs. that. Mm -hmm. But it's always good to take the high road because, you know, he's attacked me before and it's, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit, Don. Don Lemon acting like, you know, I take the high road when Donald Trump attacks me. I've watched whole Don Lemon episodes dedicated to hitting Donald Trump back. I don't I don't put up with his garbage. I don't put up with Donald Trump's nonsense. <laughs> now we've got to go. We've got to go back to the tape. We're going to have to go back to the tape, Don. I'm sorry. See what we get here. Here we go. Because, see, Don Lemon, he doesn't, I he never pays any attention. As a journalist, I don't really like being. 
wouldn't normally address this. As a journalist, I don't really like being the story here, but because of how important it is for each of us to stand up for what is right yep. and what is decent, yep. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. Okay, hang on, because that was eight months ago. Let's go to two days ago. I want, I want everyone to see how Don Lemon always tells the truth. We do that about you know some of the people who are eggs on Twitter. You know how we talk about that. Mm -hmm. But it's always good to take the high road because you yep. know he's attacked me before and yeah. it's, you know... Uh, it's the best thing to do because <laughs> how's it he's doing a self biden he's doing a self biden to demonstrate how it's just like water off a duck's back chip off the you know whatever i don't even care you know he's attacked me before and i don't even care what donald trump says about me i, d I don't even care i don't even respond i take the high road you see i wouldn't normally address this as oh, a really? journalist i don't really like being the story here, but because of how important it is for each of us to stand up for what is right and what is decent, yep. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel okay. starting right now. Go for it. So President Trump is on vacation this week at his golf resort in mm -hmm. New Jersey, but he is mm -hmm. he's not taking any time off from Twitter. No. And apparently from watching me on CNN, yeah. which he denies, by the way, oh, oh, oh. I know oh, that I got because him. Gotcha. he a nasty, <laughs> hateful swipe at me and LeBron James that we've been discussing here. <laughs> You probably read about it or saw it somewhere. <laughs> I sat down with the NBA great for a primetime exclusive. That was last week. Man, After LeBron had just opened his I Promise school for 240 at-risk third and fourth graders. Oh, During our conversation, LeBron said this. Yep. You know, we, we, we are in a position right now in America, more importantly, where this whole, this race thing is, is, is taking over, mm. you know, and, and um, because... One, because I believe our president is kind of trying to divide us. For uh, him to, um, like I said, use sports to kind of divide us is something I can't. What? I can't sit back and not and not say nothing. What would you say to the president if he's sitting right here? Uh, I would never sit across from him. You would never? Never. You want to talk to him? No. <laughs> you see, because the president is trying to divide us. So the best way to act in the face of somebody trying to divide you is never actually sit across from them and talk to them about their views at all. The best, the best way to come together as people is to just completely ostracize anybody who has a different opinion. <laughs> I said that across Barack, though. Yeah. I'm sure that got boy. it. So as we know, so President <laughs> Trump doesn't like anyone to disagree with him or to yeah. criticize him. Yeah. So he tweeted this late on Friday night. He said, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, <laughs> Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. Well, unlike this president who lashes out wildly at yep. anyone who criticizes him, yep. I have pretty thick skin. LeBron James, in addition to being a brilliant black man, a superstar mm. in his sport and a hero to his community, mm. is taking the high road, which uh. is exactly where he belongs. Okay. So since this president, since he spews so many insults so often, the president has called a lot of people stupid. Some of those people are white. But I would just mm, like what? to note that referring to African-Americans as dumb. Remember, this is America. Yeah. Referring to African Americans as dumb is one of the oldest canards of America's racist past uh, and present that black people are of inferior intelligence. Wow. <laughs> Calling a black guy dumb is racist. Any any black guy. Any black person. If you call any black person dumb, that's racism, ladies and gentlemen. So Don Lemon there showing how he takes the high road 
by just coming out and saying, well, Donald Trump can say that black people are dumb. That just means that he's a racist. That's how you take the high road, remember? You know, some of the people were eggs on Twitter. You know how we talk about that. Mm -hmm. But it's always good to take the high road because you know he's attacked me before and it's, you know. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Don Lemon, the stupid, ma the, the, the dumbest man on television. Shut up, you racist! Don Lemon, the dumbest man on television. He's a racist. It's the oldest racist trick in the book. You know, I just take the high road. I just take the high road. Let's carry on. It's the best thing to do because he is projecting ah. when he does that. Really? And you know what they say about projectors, right? Mm. Yeah, I do. Look, I what, choose, their bulbs burn I choose to defer. <laughs> I choose to defer to the audience. Okay. <laughs> so not only is he intelligent, he's so funny too. Frustrated with me about that. I'm not going to badmouth the office. I'm going to respect it despite whether the president uh, seems amen. to be respecting it himself. Amen. Um, just I respond a racist. on Twitter because I'm here to engage. I'm not going to get into a tip just like the fight. with the president. I love to fight. I, I remember Chris Cuomo takes the high road. Remember when he attacked the father who didn't like the idea of his daughter seeing a male penis, like his 12-year-old daughter seeing a male penis in a change room? And he came out and said, well, you know, hopefully the daughter's parents aren't so bigoted or something along those lines. <laughs> You remember how Chris Cuomo takes the high road, ladies and gentlemen? A concerned parent says to Chris Cuomo, well, you know, I kind of don't really want my 12-year-old girl seeing adult male penises in the change room. And he's like, well, why don't, why don't you stop being such a bigot? <laughs> why don't you get over it, you bigot? Because he takes the high road. <laughs> such garbage. It's okay. It's okay to have spats on Twitter if that's what you want to do. I don't think people would even care. People would probably respect Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo more. And I think Chris Cuomo is actually not, he's not the worst of them. But I think people would actually respect them more if they just came out and said what everybody can see. It's that they really hate this guy. So don't pretend, don't pretend like you take the high road. Don't pretend like you're not involved in any kind of Twitter spats. Just stop pretending. Stop pretending like you're really, really, really good guys because you're clearly not. You clearly lie. You, Don Lemon just lied. Oh, he's, he's insulted me before and I just, you know, I take the high road. Bullshit. We just watched you. He called you the dumbest man on TV. You dedicated a 10-minute segment to it and called him a racist in response. So you're out. Chris Cuomo says, well, I don't get involved. I take the high road. When he abuses private citizens for not wanting their 12-year-old daughters to see adult male penises in the change rooms. Just don't, just don't lie. Just say, just tell people what you really think. And these are the people who will attack people on Twitter who do tell people what they really think. They actually say, you can't say that. You're not allowed to say what you really think. That's a horrible thing. To, how dare you express a, a, you know, an honest opinion? I find your opinion offensive, sir. How dare you? Those sorts of opinions should never be uttered. You know, in a in a civil society, nobody would ever say anything like that. It's for the the best way to show what great and moral beacons of moral virtue we are, and what great citizens we are, and what great people we are, is to just fucking lie. 
is to lie about what we really think, is to lie about what we've really said, is to lie to people straight to their face on television. That's that's what proves that we're such good people here. You know, when Donald Trump attacks me, I just turn the other cheek. No, you don't. You know, I never get involved in things like this on Twitter. I take the high road. No, you don't. We know you don't. We've seen you not do it. And Don, uh, coming up, why Donald Trump is a bad guy because he lies all the time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then they do it with a smile. We like I love the, the good fights. Why do the job? Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to the president, I don't really think it's my place to go back and forth. If he were on my right. show, that'd be one thing. But he and his people, you know, this is where the uh, Trump man fears to tread. And that's okay. That's their choice. Uh, but I do believe he should take his own Trump advice. Man. Yeah. It's well, easy they, for him to find flaws. He should look at himself because he needs to do better. They okay. won't come so that, that was basically an adult version of takes one to no one. Boom. Got him. Boom. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. Sick burn, bro. Sick burn. Ladies and gentlemen, taking the high road. A lesson in taking the high road with the one and only. Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the woodland is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the woodland is impossible to eat. I want to get into um, a little bit of. Do you want? Do you want to do sexism? Should we do sexism? Should we do misogyny? I mean, we are talking politics here, right? We're talking Joe Biden, the hair sniffer. We're talking Donald Trump, the pussy, the pussy grabber, the pussy grabber. So we're talking. <laughs> we're talking about misogyny. So let's let's do a bit of misogyny. Relationship goals couple are getting attention for all the wrong reasons. Do you want to see what's offensive now? Let's see what's offensive. Show me the video. Show me the video. Show me this offensive behavior. Or not. I guess you don't have to if you want to be a cow. And go. Go, go. Come on, show me the video. Well, this is thoroughly professional. This is great stuff here. Here we go. You can cat. Okay, so this is this is apparently now very offensive, misogynistic behavior. Do you want to see this? You can count on me like one, two, three. I'll be there. And I know when <laughs> I need it, I can count on you like four, three. You can count on me like one, two, three. I'll be So they're doing like a cute little video where he's like, come on. And she runs over and puts her head in his hand. They're obviously a happy couple. She seems to be smiling a lot. Ginger, thanks for joining us. Putting your relationship online for the judgmental eyes of the internet to see is risky business. Still, this didn't stop one couple from demonstrating their love to the world. Maybe we're all just a bunch of embittered cynics, but their relationship goals video is definitely getting attention just for the wrong reasons. In a short clip posted to Twitter by Rad Dates, we see a boyfriend, and we're not exaggerating here, summon his girlfriend to him and then cup her chin like she's his pet, all while cheesy music plays. (laughs) 
What's even more baffling about this is that the girl seems to enjoy this uh, ritual. While we can just we could just about file this under different strokes for different folks, others were less charitable with their reactions. Admittedly, a few people thought it was cute, but plenty of others weren't as keen. Kind of seems demeaning, wrote someone who wasn't a fan of this unique species of PDA. I literally I literally can't imagine running up to a man for any reason, wrote someone else. I would suggest a single woman, an embittered single woman who is in hatred with the rest of the world. I can't imagine running up to a man for any reason. Okay. How about money? Will that do it? What if I get my credit card out? Oh, was that sexist? Ah, sorry. Sorry. And asking the question on everyone's mind, one man added, what the hell is this? Answers on a postcard, please. There you go. The horrible sexism of a modern day. This is a joke, right? No, no, it's real. They've just done a cute little Twitter video, and this is an example of the hatred and misogyny that exists today. (laughs) By the way, 20 new gen feminists you need to know about if you want to feel fucking empowered this year. Got this from Glamour magazine. Because I wanted to see <clears throat> I wanted to see the other side of empowerment. Because obviously this isn't empowering, this kind of behavior. This is demeaning. This is insulting to women. Um, she, she appears to like it, so she's probably internalizing her sexism, internalizing the misogyny, which is what happens nowadays. So I wanted to get the I wanted to get the scoop on some real feminists. I, I want I want to know what real women think about the world. So here's 20 new gen feminists you need to know about if you want to feel fucking empowered this year. Number one, the top the top dog on the list, ladies and gentlemen, the big cheese, Kashenga Shenje. She describes herself, there's the lovely young lady, she describes herself as an agitator and she certainly is that. A writer, an activist, she is a brilliant and inspiring voice in the UK trans community. What? Worth following for her humour, warmth and insight into the realities of trans life. Ladies and gentlemen, the top feminist in the world this year, if you want to feel fucking empowered, was born a man. Yes. Woo! I love it. Once again, the men getting it done. Even the men make better feminists than the women do. Now, how do you feel about this? Now, doesn't this feel appropriate? Now, doesn't this seem like the right kind of behavior? Count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three. If only this girl had to become a man, then she would be an empowered feminist who would lead other women to glory. She also lobbies for Black Lives Matter and organises a letter-writing project called Bent Bars, which supports LGBTQ prisoners in Britain. Congratulations. Congratulations, young lady. Just because you're born a man doesn't mean you can't become the top woman. Absolutely sensational stuff. Uh, A little bit of a follow-up from the other day, ladies and gentlemen. You remember we spoke about the trend of dying women dying their armpit hair rainbow colours in some sort of effort to bring down the patriarchy or something. I don't know. I lose track of this shit. I think it was some fighting oppression. Let's just call it fighting a general oppression. General oppression. Because, you know, women doing this kind of behaviour, that's what we need to stop. 
And the best way to stop it is to get a nice bushy pit out there on social media as often as possible. And if you can, dye it in pretty colours so it's not, it's just not too offensive. So you can get plenty of shares and likes and retweets. Stop this feminist bullshit. Nike ad that features a woman showing off her underarm hair is targeted by online critics who have slammed the image as disgusting and horrible. Nike is once again facing an onslaught of online criticism after debuting a campaign image that shows a woman showing off her underarm hair in a move that has been blasted as disgusting and offensive by critics. The sportswear brand shared the image, which shows queer Nigerian-American model Anastasia Anuke, 23, posing in a sports bra with one arm raised in the air on its Instagram account on Wednesday, and within minutes, the post was hit with a wave of outraged comments from followers. No, stop this shit. That's disgusting. One of the photo's 6,100 comments read, like, please don't get me wrong. I'm delighted that this woman is brave enough to go around like that, but that's horrible. Remember, though, these are the followers who actually follow Nike. See, this is the thing. These kinds of <clears throat> these kinds of things are always framed as, oh, well, you must hate women. If you, if you don't appreciate the beauty here, you are one, a racist, and two, a hater of women. <laughs> but it's actually like a lot of women who are like, oh, no, please, can we stop with this nonsense? This is ridiculous. Why do we have to show off underarm hair all of a sudden? Why is that a thing? I get that it's natural, but it's not cool, one person wrote. I bet all of you people saying, oh, this is natural, oh, this is amazing, oh, I'm a feminist, wouldn't dare leave the house with an ounce of hair on you other than your head. <laughs> Others chimed in to brand the image disgusting and offensive, while some merely posted a series of vomiting face emojis in the comment section to show their feelings about the taboo image. Nike was also accused of using the hot button image as a marketing ploy to gain attention, you don't say, with one person branding the company as shallow. Who would have thought that our corporate overlords would start using women who want to fight against the oppression of the patriarchy as tools for consumerism? Who would have thought that oppression would be marketed, ladies and gentlemen? Who thought it was possible? Who thought it was possible? It was actually big business that funded the liberation movement in the 60s, you'll be pleased to know. Because by essentially doubling the workforce, they were able to suppress wages and now we need both parents working all of the time to pay off a house and one child and one car. Whereas before you could get by on a living wage with one person working in a fairly medial blue-collar job, three, four, five children, a house and a car, no problem whatsoever. So big business pumped a lot of money into the liberation movement and then subsequently marched a whole generation of women right into wage slavery. They took both parents out of the house, the children go into daycare, next thing you know you've got broken families, single mothers and what we have today. And now, what do we need now? Well, we need hairy armpits on models for to sell Nike products because that's what feminism is all about posing for the camera of a billion of a multi-billion dollar international corporate behemoth fight the patriot fight the power fight the power just do it just do it and fight the power well done how inspirational how inspirational uh this happened the other day of the arrest which does contain some strong language 
As any journalist like Jenny Monet knows, there's two sides to every story. Today, she told us her side, while Deputy LaPel video tells us another. Jenny Monet was poised as she spoke at the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe this morning. And that's journalism today. A totally different look from last Friday. Racist mother white supremacist. When she was arrested for DWI at a Santa Fe liquor store on Old Pecos Trail after the store refused to sell her wine, claiming she appeared drunk. Sheriff's Department records show that the surveillance cameras here at the liquor store captured her rolling up to the store. Getting MS, MSNBC journalist, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Out of the driver's seat of the car and then going inside. And once she was in there, surveillance cameras captured her making obscene gestures towards the staff. We obtained that footage showing exactly what was described immediately after the confrontation. Look at her. You know what she's saying. She's in there saying, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? One of the worst kept secrets about people that work in media and communications is that almost all of them are falling over drunk most of the time. Most of the time. And they live in these entitled bubbles of, you know, liberal confirmation bias where all of their friends agree with everything that they think all the time. And so if you exist in that kind of environment for a certain amount of time, then you, you start to think that you're indestructible that everything you say is right and you can do whatever you want. You never get challenged. You never get told what an awful piece of shit human being you are. Who is she? She was a producer on one of the cable news shows. Both she and the staff called for deputies. Okay. Have you been drinking at all tonight? No. Okay, how come I can smell a really strong odor of alcohol? I don't know. I've not been drinking. She... <laughs> I was always taught that when you get pulled over by police and police start questioning you, the best thing to do is just to not waste their time. Because police really hate it when you waste their time and try to make them look stupid. You know what I mean? So if you're clearly drunk and you're sitting behind the wheel and a policeman pulls you over and says, have you been drinking tonight? You're better off, if, it, if, it, if you're clearly drunk, you're better off just saying, yeah, you got me. You got me. Sorry, officer. All right, let's do this. I'll come down to the station. Fair enough. Because if you fuck them around and waste their time and try to make them look stupid and then start talking back, guess what happens? They get angry. <laughs> and then they, they make it a point of, making, of ruining your night. They make it a point. This is, this is how your video shows up on TV, because you made a scene. Claimed she was racially profiled. How are they racially profiled? <laughs> She claims she was racially profiled. That's just the go-to line now, isn't it? Drunk, drunk cable news employee refused service at a liquor store sitting behind the wheel. Somebody calls the police because she's screaming and practically jumping over the counter, threatening staff. Policeman comes up while she's in the car park, asks her if she's been drinking because she smells like a liquor store. And she says, you're a fucking racist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, real news. Profiled. How are they racially profiling you is what I'm trying to get at. Because I'm a brown woman. Uh, do you not okay. see that? Uh, because I'm brown, they are racist. Do you, see how, do you see how far we've come, ladies and gentlemen? Now, if you are brown, that proves that people on the other side of the argument are racist. And, and they didn't even have to say anything or do anything. Her identity is all the evidence you need for other people to be racist now.
Yep. It was like the guy we had in here before spewing lines in the first 20 minutes. And he said, oh, Donald Trump brings out the worst in people. Blaming the antics of Antifa, kicking in shop windows, knocking over dustbins, throwing o- throwing Molotov cocktails and gas bombs at police, starting fights, running around in masks, hitting people over the head with bike locks, starting riots, setting fire to buildings. It's Donald Trump's fault. Nobody, nobody over there is responsible for their own behaviour anymore. And I mean, and you've got politicians like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders pushing that line that, hey, nothing is your fault. I mean, we heard Don Lemon before. If you call a black guy dumb, you are racist. Doesn't matter if they are or not. You're just racist. You you cannot say that a black guy says a dumb thing. Any kind of criticism of a black guy is racism now. You get denied service at a liquor store because you're falling over drunk and drooling on yourself and pissing in your pants while you sit in a car park? Well, it's because they're racist. What evidence do you have that you were racially profiled? I'm brown. That's your evidence. Go get them, officer. Nobody over there wants to have responsibility for their own actions anymore. Everything is outsourced. All responsibility is outsourced now. And everything is your fault. Kimmy asks, isn't it racially profiling to call white person a racist? No, no, that's progressive. You, you misspelled tolerant. They refuse field sobriety tests and grew angry. I'm not walking Stop. any line for you. Okay. You hear me? I am not walking any line for you. Then she was arrested. Police brutality! <laughs> Police brutality! <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Police. She. Could you be any more of a stereotype? If you. If you. If you genuinely hate um, stereotypes, like racial stereotypes out there, then please don't be a brown person who accuses everybody of racism and then screams police brutality for no fucking reason. Because I'm sure that there are plenty of brown people out there who would look at you doing that and go, "Oh, shut the fuck up. Stop." You're making it fucking worse for everybody. Stop. Give them the Donald Trump line. Stop it. Stop it. You know what I mean? Jesus. <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing it with one hand. He's cuffing her with one hand. Police brutality. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got to hear this again. Do you not see that? Monet refused field sobriety tests and grew angry. I'm not walking Stop. any line for you. Okay. You hear me? I am not walking any line for you. Then she's got her finger in the cop's face. She's swearing at him. I'm not walking any fucking line for you, pig. So then he handcuffs her and she starts screaming. I'm I'm the victim. He was arrested. He's laughing. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Fat finger. Today at the event, we asked Monet what happened. I am one of a majority. Look at the difference now. Look at the difference today. She's got the makeup. She slept it off. She slept it off. And now she's going to say, well, you know, 
She's going to say that I was racially profiled. I'm the victim. Today at the event, we all asked calm. what happened. Now she's all calm and in control. I'm starting to see a trend here. Whether it's Don Lemon saying that, you know, he always, he doesn't even care when Donald Trump insults him. And then we can we can just go back to the tape and see, watch a 10 minute segment of Donald Trump responding to, uh, Don Lemon responding to Donald Trump attacking him on Twitter. And then today he just says, I never respond. It's just like, who cares? You know, I take the high road. But we know he doesn't. We can watch Chris Cuomo say, I take the high road on Twitter when we know he doesn't. When he will abuse a private citizen who doesn't want their 12-year-old daughter to see a male appendage in the change room. He'll attack him. Oh, don't be such a bigot. We see this woman. Like, have you, Are you seeing a trend with the corporate press, ladies and gentlemen? They just lie. Constantly. Constantly. Every minute of every day. The real world, they are so used to the manufactured world that is in front of a camera that the world away from the camera, it's like it doesn't even exist anymore. Like that, the world away from the camera is the TV show. And this world, the fake world, where everybody agrees with them and everybody throws rose petals at their feet and everyone gives them a round of applause when they say things like police brutality and I'm a victim and racial profiling and I hate Donald Trump and everybody loves them and gives them a pat on the back and they get promoted and they get their paycheck. In that world, that's real to them. That's the real world. The world when they clock off for the day and then, you know, stand at a liquor store and abuse staff and try to drive off drunk and get approached by police, that's the fake world. That's not real. She couldn't wait to get back to the studio, back to the real world, where, where everything makes sense where everybody agrees and everybody loves me and I'm a wonderful human being because I lie to everybody all the time. I am one of a majority of people who are uh, victimized by this kind of racial profiling that exists on a daily basis. Monet says she's hired attorneys. Neither was I drinking or driving at the time, and we're confident that the evidence that stands in my favor will uh, vindicate me. See the smile. And see, the, the reality is nothing will pro- probably nothing will happen to her. Because the other thing knows that the other thing, these people know that they can get away with whatever they want. She's smiling. She's like, I don't care. Racial, I'm, I was racially profiled. I was a victim of racism. I'm hiring lawyers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the smarminess. Taking no responsibility whatsoever for being arrested in the first place. None. Threatening staff, screaming at staff practically jumping over the counter, sticking a finger in a policeman's face, swearing at him, I'm not fucking walking a line for you, getting handcuffed because she refused to do the sobriety test and then screaming out racial profiling, police brutality, all lies, and then get on TV the next day, big smile, well, I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to get away with this. You can't touch me because now she's back in, the, in her reality where everybody loves her and she can do no wrong and she's a hero, right? ...will uh, vindicate me. And she threatened to sue us over this story. I'm an award-winning journalist. You can look me up. Jenny Monet, go ahead. The fact that... <laughs> I told you. Didn't I tell you? You know that she's saying, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? I'm an award-winning journalist. Look me up. Me, 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 me. 
I should be able to drink drive. I should be able to get alcohol whenever I want. Hey, if I stick my finger in your face, you pig, and swear at you and refuse to do what you tell me, that that's your problem. I'm an award-winning journalist. I am somebody. You are nobody. I run this fucking town. It's incredible. Let's carry on. Next story. Academic claims on Kuwaiti television that gay men have an anal worm that feeds on semen. (laughs) (laughs) We're We're moving tonight, baby. We are jumping around tonight. No no chance to get your bearings at all. (laughs) Yes. Academic claims on Kuwaiti television that gay men have an anal worm that feeds on semen. Uh... I don't, I don't know what they're teaching over in the universities of, at Kuwait, but I kind of want to do a study. I kind of want to study there just to get the DL on what's going on. I discovered therapeutic suppositories that curb the sexual urges. Of boys of the third gender, as well as the fourth gender, which is butch lesbians. So there's four genders. There's straight men, straight women, gay women and butch lesbians, according to this academic. She could be, who knows, she might be right. They have excessive sexual urges and these suppositories they have a calming effect. The anal worm feeds on... (laughs) By the way, this is all science, so there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's all science. It's all scientific, ladies and gentlemen. Don't panic. This is not hate speech. This is science. I mean, you're not going to ban me for uh, playing the scientific opinion of a woman of colour now, are you? Because that would be incredibly racist of you. Whoever is thinking of flagging this video and taking it down and saying that it's wrong and it's homophobic in some way, I would merely suggest that you pay respect to a hard-working, intelligent female academic of colour who is giving a scientific opinion, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, for you ban-happy people out there, I wouldn't want to be smeared as a woman-hating racist who is afraid of science, who denies science. So let's carry on. Of course not. It's prophetic medicine. It's in all the books. The sexual urge develops when a person is sexually attacked. And afterwards it persists because there is an anal worm that feeds on semen. Cheers. Cheers. Fucking fantastic, this stuff. Can't take it down. Racial profiling. Exactly original rev. There is an anal worm that feeds on semen. Science. Praise to be Allah. It feeds on sperm. (laughs) I love it. I love I love learning about other cultures and cultural understandings because all cultures are equal. Right, it feeds on sperm. So what I did was to produce suppositories. 
which are to be used by certain people at a certain time and it cures those urges by exterminating the worm that feeds on the sperm okay <clears throat> science science baby during a discussion on Scope TV, a broadcaster based in Kuwait City, she claimed that the cure, which is based around therapeutic suppositories, is inspired by Islamic prophecies and is all based on science. She also claimed that gay people develop a sexual urge after being sexually attacked and that the supposed worm can be destroyed by the suppositories. Uh, this statement was made by Miriam Al-Sahil, who is reportedly an anti-gay and anti-lesbian researcher in the Middle Eastern country, who believes there are four genders, male, female, feminine, gay, and butch lesbians. <laughs> Just four. So no, there's no, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it's a scientific analysis. It's science, it's science that comes from an academic woman of color from the Middle East. So I would suggest uh, the first thing to do would be to send this to the lovely, what's her name again? What's the Muslim activist in America who's at all the rallies? She organized the pink hat rally and stuff. Someone will remind me. I forget these people's names so quickly. It's just like in and out. Ah, oh, what was her name again? Someone will remind me. Linda Linda Sarsour. So I would suggest sending this directly to Linda Sarsour and saying, yes, uh, this woman needs to be promoted. Um, people are trying to take this opinion off the internet. That is hate speech. And we can't allow this kind of hate speech, you know, People people attacking this woman, this smart, accomplished academic, giving her medical, professional medical opinion, a powerful, empowering woman, ladies and gentlemen. And just say to Linda Sarsour, people are trying to take her off the internet. So I think, you know, she needs to be protected and promoted. And if we can get her on some kind of speaking tour around the United States to just show those bigots what an empowered woman of, you know, high standing in academic in the academic world looks like, then please, can we do that? Can we organize that somehow? That's what I would do. I would send that to Linda Sassor immediately. Because people need to know more from the anti-gay, anti-lesbian researcher who believes there are four genders, male, female, feminine, gay, and butch lesbians. And that gay people are afflicted with an anal worm living inside their body that feeds on semen. We need to get this information out. Think of the lives that could be saved. What a fantastic, accomplished woman. I'm very proud of her. I feel so I feel so progressive tonight. It's a very empowering show. Okay. Uh, who wants to be in a cult? I haven't watched this video. Finding salvation with an online cult. Let's have a look. Attention American consuming public, you are being brainwashed. Engage ultra color mode. Hello, sweethearted consumer. Thank you for your attention. Would you like nothing more than to ascend into a higher realm of being? Yes, please. Hello, sweethearted consumers. Today's topic is radical self-love. by your heart, it'll just kind of amplify your heart. Magic is simply the unseen, it's the layers upon layers of reality. Your reality is reality, your reality is reality. How to connect to guide, angels, aliens. It's looking good so far. I visited by aliens last 
Last night, my aura is a rainbow flashing. People who have mental disorders really have the answers. Unicult. Do we have any members of Unicult here amongst us by any chance? I'm sure we will by the end of this. Cam church. Cam church. It's time for cam church. Digital salvation. Welcome to Camp Church, everyone. Live streamed from a living room congregation. Being filmed as well, which is exciting. We will announce that Camp Church is beginning. Camp Church! Camp Church! Cam Church. Church. Should we all yell Cam Church when that happens? Okay. Cam Church! Cam Church! I'm sorry. I was just soaking it all in. Just taking it in. I don't know. I'm, I'm, for some reason, I'm starting to feel. I'm, I'm feeling things. Strange things. Things that I haven't felt before. Starting to feel some kind of vibration. Something. And for those of you watching at home, please also yell camp. General Eaton, this is totally normal. <laughs> okay. So today's topic is artificial intelligence and the soul. It's been a while since I last went to Sunday service, but I'm here at Unicole's house this morning for something called Cam Church. Cam I let Church. the spirit of uni inspire me. I let the spirit of uni be my guide. Which she live streams to the world from her living room. Cam Church feels similar to other more mainstream religious services. There's prayer. What? <laughs> Smokey Bear says, geez, Boogie, we need to lock up about half of humanity. No, better yet, let's send them all to Siberia. Cam Church feels like any other religious service, really. Interesting take. <laughs> What's the guy on the right here doing? He's just in the groove. Call upon all of the energies. Preaching. When we treat all things, all people, with enough respect. And singing. My universe loves me. Unicult may not fit the stereotype of your typical cult. Founded by Unicol in 2012, this modern and mostly millennial spiritual group exists on the internet. Mostly millennial. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> you didn't have to point that out. According to its webpage, is for anyone who wants to work towards a bright and hopeful future. Despite being the subject of its own MTV documentary in 2015, wow. Unicult had since maintained a pretty low profile. That is until 2018, when the group made national headlines after launching an Indiegogo campaign to raise funds for a robot brothel where patrons would be required to gain consent from the robots before having. <laughs> Because robots are people too. <laughs> Their way with them. Now, now I remember these fuckers. I remember. We did that story. We covered that story. Asking sex robots for consent. But while everyone else is battling to log off to improve their quality Logging of life. Logging off. Who are these people finding Future their senators. spiritual salvation online? <laughs> 
attended, people tuned in from around the world. Okay. But the IRL congregation consisted of only four people. <laughs> so you've known Unicult for some years. Are you an official member of Unicult? I am. You are? I am. Since Unicult. When? Oh, like 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. When I first met Unicult, I was so taken aback and impressed by her energy. She has so much momentum behind her. I don't know a lot of people like that. Um, what do you get? You need to get out and meet more people, bro. I would go so far as to suggest that this was probably his only friend at the time. You know, I've never met anyone like her. <laughs> Most people say, I've never met anyone like her as a good thing, you know? I've never met anyone like this cult leader before. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. You know, I've never met anyone like this cult leader before. That's what the cult member says. And the people who are, have a natural aversion to this kind of behaviour say, I've never met a cult leader before. <laughs> I've never met anyone like that before. It's very subtle. It matters, but it's subtle. Being part of the cult. It's almost like a magnet. <laughs> lady, lady Fritz are in the chat. Um, they're called sociopaths. <laughs> He's in it for the sex robots, aren't we all? Of as long as you get permission first bringing like-minded people together, people that think like me and see the world in similar ways as me, or meeting new people. One member in attendance. People who see the world as similar ways as me. By the way, four people in this room. It's a good start. And had just received her welcome package. Yeah, it's a welcome letter. That's cute. Christina, what brought you to Cam Church today? Were you looking for a spiritual connection? Were you looking for some kind of religion? Not necessarily like a religion, but more of an understanding of myself. We are something greater as humankind. I've always felt like I've never really belonged to any certain group or really related to many people. Being in this space, it's truly a blessing. Christina would not be the... Do you remember once upon a time? I'm going to go out on a limb here. But once upon a time, if you didn't feel like you belonged anywhere, you know, if you feel if you felt like there was no place for you in the world, like you were kind of in between everything. You were too uncool for the cool kids and too cool for the uncool kids, you know what I mean? You asked too many questions for religious class. You didn't ask enough questions for some other class. You know, what I mean? you, you, you just, you never really quite felt like you fit in. Well, back in the good old days, uh, what you used to do was just develop a drug addiction and turn to a life of crime. <laughs> All jokes aside, you don't, see, I know human beings have a natural tendency to want to fit into something. But can't you try to want to fit into something a little bit less, would you say, psychotic? We are happy the universe loves us. Everybody loves me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's probably harmless. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. They can do whatever the hell they want. If they want to sit together in a little lounge room, you know, four or five of them and, and sing these little songs and talk about being in a cult and 
you need to get consent before you have sex with a robot. That's fine. I don't care. That doesn't worry me in the slightest. That's not my point here. The point is we, I think the bigger point is, you know, taking this and other aspects, we are now going, we're going out of our way to celebrate. It's like everything has been liberated. And when there's nothing left to liberate, then you need to find new things to liberate and new things to celebrate. And so we're going out of our way to find these little people who before before the internet, this probably existed, but it existed, you know, in its own little space and nobody, nobody had to know about it. Who cleans the robots? <laughs> you wear a condom, of course. Don't be, don't be filthy. Millennial romper room, exactly. But all of the, all of this stuff probably existed somewhere else. But the internet allows us to peer in. See, I don't know. You know how people say the world is getting really crazy now, and I'm one of those people. I'm guilty of it myself. Is the world getting really crazy, or are we now just are, are we now just getting gaining access to the crazy that's always been there? You know what I mean? Maybe the world has always been this crazy, but we just never knew about it. So for you know the entirety of Western civilization, we've gone about our lives thinking that most people are generally pretty well balanced. And, you know, most people, you know, they disagree on things, but most people are pretty generally well balanced in their daily life. And there are a few sort of fringe elements that live in the, in the caves kind of thing and have strange ideas, but they, they're just, there's not really that many of them. But now since the internet has brought these people into our lounge rooms and into our, onto our computer screens, we now get the impression that there's crazy people everywhere. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. I think maybe now we're just able to see all the crazy. Whereas before it was hidden under the rug. Now people will say, well, this encourages more people to be crazy, but does it really? You know, like when you see something like this, do you think, damn, that's a, that's a good idea. I can't wait to run out and do that. I don't. Maybe you do. I'm not sure. <laughs> Jerry Springer balanced. First member we spoke with to bring up the feeling of not belonging in society. Beyond magic and rainbows, one thing that Unicult does offer its following is the promise of something potentially deeper. Thank God. Tell me about your art. Did you paint all of these? I did. So yeah, this is me as a moon goddess. Why are you a moon <laughs> goddess on the moon? I feel really connected to the moon and I do a lot of rituals around the moon, so. And what's the little pink castle? <laughs> a castle of dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show me the way. Okay. <laughs> so she does. Now, now I'm interested. Because it appears that she paints, she regularly paints nude self-portraits with castles of dicks in the background while she's riding a pony on the moon. There is an old saying, never stick your dick in crazy, but, but, hang on, just give me one second here. Unicult.com. Okay. Bookmark. All right. I'm never going to pay any attention to this girl and her crazy ideas. <laughs> Of course not. Hey, I'm really interested in your little group. <laughs> a lot of my self-portraits are manifestations. So in this case, this is something that will happen someday. Luxuriantly fed grapes by a drone. I, I'd say give it five years. Wow. I love it. How we see our own reality is what creates <laughs> our reality. 
You have a lot of books. I love books. I love information. Part of my work here on this planet is to understand how everything works. <laughs> she had books about necromancy, by the way, on that bookshelf. Actually, I'll retract my earlier statement. <laughs> and create new systems. I noticed you said part of my work on this planet. I am what, I, what people call a starseed. Starseed. One of the more unusual aspects of Unicult is this idea that Unicol is something called a starseed. Rainbows. Placed here on Earth by a group of space... <laughs> she, comment in the chat. She's perfect for Joe Biden. No, she's a little too old. ...beings called Arcturians <laughs> in order to empower others to find joy. Does it bother you that people maybe don't believe you or think you're crazy or... No. ...the naysayers? Ultimately, that's, that's their problem. So let's start like, way back. What was your childhood like? Tell me a bit about that. Oh, no. I grew up in a small farm town in Colorado. It's always a small farm town. <laughs> it's always a small town town. Smart farm town. It's always a small farm town, you know, and my, my dad used to drink too much. <laughs> it's never like... I came from a loving family, a loving middle-class family in suburbia. You know what I mean? <laughs> I grew up in a small town and where, you know, it, Christianity was everywhere. And I really, I just never really felt, I've never really felt like I fit in anywhere. And I was raised by my dad. Uh, yeah, I just had like parent. a really traditional life. I was trying really hard to sort of understand and fit into social narratives. Oh, she was a cheerleader. Look how pretty when she was. I went into college, like, I think my preconceptions about what the world was going to be like were just, like, so crushed. Ah, college ruiner. We get to the bottom of the story, of course. What were you studying, darling? Gender studies. It, it was gender studies, wasn't it? Come on now. Come on. Give me gender studies. So I got severe depression and anxiety and agoraphobia. <laughs> I ended up um, trying... So a, reg a regular co college experience in the 2010s. A, 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 very, a very familiar story for a lot of girls who go to college nowadays, darling. I'm to seriously kill myself. I drove up to... I was a cheerleader. I, you know, I, I was raised by my dad and, you know... As soon as I went to college, all of my ideas about the world were crushed. I developed anxiety and depression and I wanted to kill myself. Yep, that's called a liberal arts degree. <laughs> now now I dye my hair crazy colours. I am a cult leader that, that, that operates on the internet and I paint self-portraits of myself naked in front of a castle of dicks being fed grapes by a robot whilst I ride a pony on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Bernie Sanders wants to make college free by the way. Do you want do you want more of this? We need to make it free. More people need to get an education. Everybody everybody should have access to a good education. We need more naked we need more naked portraits of young girls riding ponies in front of castles of dicks on the moon. Everybody should have that. A mountain and I took a bunch of pills that I had and I barely made it up there. I was throwing up like a white chalk because that's how many pills I had taken. Yeah. And I was scooping it back into my mouth. I really wanted to die. Mm. And then when I didn't die and I was resuscitated by the paramedics at the hospital, I realized that I am actually a, a being from another planet called a spirit seed whose, whose 
you know, whose job on this planet is to merely search for the truth about necromancy, start a cult, and eventually be fed grapes while I lay naked on the moon with my unicorn prancing around in the dust behind me in front of the castle of dicks. And the next thing was I woke up in the hospital and I screamed, why the fuck am I alive? <laughs> really? Because I didn't tell anyone where I... Things that never happened. Gone. It was a- I'll take things that never happened for 300, Alex. Miracle. My dad drove into the wilderness, not knowing where I had gone, found my car, hiked up and down this mountainside and found me at the bottom of a 20-foot cliff that I had fallen off of. Wow. And they resuscitated me within two hours of me dying. Oh, my goodness. From that point, I was like, how am I going to survive on this planet the way I feel? All the social narratives and conventions, they weren't serving me and they weren't making me happy. And not only that, but they weren't ever going to. And so I basically had to say, fuck it. Fuck fuck everything. Fuck society. Mm -hmm. Fuck all the expectations. Yep. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to stay alive. Okay. Oh, that's, that's a mature attitude. <laughs> Fuck society. I want to live on the moon in front of a castle of dicks and ride my unicorn pony around while I get fed grapes, paint naked pictures of myself. Wow. <laughs> well, good luck to you, young lady. I hope you find... I, uh, this is genuine. I hope you do find your castle of dicks one day. Everybody deserves a castle of dicks. And, you know, I want I want you to be able to ride around on your unicorn and, you know, naked and be fed grapes. I, I, I genuinely want that for you. And I hope it comes your way because I want everybody to be happy and I genuinely want everyone to have what they want. So if, if, you, if, they can make, if you can make that happen, then Godspeed. Good luck to you. Give me a call. Man performs naked dance to calm angry pheasant. A future member of the Unicult, I suspect. This one was sent through by our friend Lady Fritzer. A man has performed a naked dance to come down an angry pheasant. After the bird became increasingly aggressive to the man's neighbours, he decided to he decided on the unorthodox approach. He says he donned a one-sided G-string and put sticks between my butt cheeks as tail feathers and I was wagging my butt at him. He added, I think he was shocked into dismissal. Passenger flying flies al- passenger flies alone on commercial plane to Italy. A Lithuanian man flying to Italy was the only passenger on the Boeing 737-800. Skirmantis Skirimatis said the flight, which lasted more than two hours, was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. The only others on board were two pilots and five crew members. The plane can usually seat up to 188 people. I would just love if this guy was on a plane all by himself with just the pilots and just the crew members. So just imagine one guy and there's 187 empty seats. Wouldn't you just love that if he relaxed and put his feet up on the seat that one of the flight attendants came back and said, please take your feet off the seat, sir. (laughs) You know what I mean? We have rules. Or, you know, if he rings the thing for service and it still takes them 10 minutes to come out with the food, with the terrible airline food. Sir, we're very busy. You're just going to have to wait. (laughs) I, I, I hope that happened. I hope that they still treated him as if there was 188 people on the flight. 
Bit of follow-up here because we did this story a while ago. Australian worker appeals fart bullying claim because this guy uh, tried to sue his employer for millions of dollars. I forget how many millions, but it was millions. A man in Australia who says his colleague repeatedly farted and thrusted his bum at him is to appeal after a court ruled that he was not bullied. David Hinks said his college, uh, his college, his colleague Greg Short would lift his bum and fart on him up to six times a day. Hinks explained that his office room was small and had no windows, and he actually called his boss Mr. Stinky. That was the little nickname, a little pet name that he gave him. This one came from Sir Cal B. A man chucked his iguana at restaurant staff, police say. The lizard is in intensive care. Isn't he gorgeous? Look at that. What a gorgeous iguana. Arnold Teeter was loud and unruly Tuesday morning when he entered a Perkins restaurant in Painesville, Ohio. Ohio! The 49-year-old lay down in a booth and chucked a menu at a server, a jarring outburst that drew the attention of the restaurant's manager who sought to calm the man. But Teeter wasn't out of projectiles. Police say the man reached under his sweatshirt and unveiled his next weapon of choice, a two-foot-long iguana. I bet the manager was like, oh, thank God, it's just a lizard. <laughs> Whoa! Whoo! <laughs> that was close. I thought you were going to pull something else out then. It's okay. It's okay, girls. It's just a crazy man with a lizard. He pulled out the two-foot-long iguana, which he swung in a circular motion above his head and then flung at the manager, but he missed sending the poor lizard sliding across the floor. Part of the incident was caught on camera in the restaurant, which shows Tita pick up the iguana by its tail before leaving Lieutenant Tony Burgett of the Painesville Police Department, told the Wednesday, uh, told the Washington Post that Tita was arrested about 30 minutes later outside the local YMCA, where officers found him walking in an erratic manner that forced vehicles to swerve out of his way. There you have it. This is happening. Woman claims uh, nurse laughed when she was admitted for botched lip fillers. Here you go. Or here you don't go, perhaps. Let's try a refresh. Ah, oh, we're going to have to listen to a shitty ad. See, I've never been a fan of these lip filling, lip fillers and stuff. I don't get it. I don't think it looks attractive at all. But don't get me wrong, I like full plush lips, like every you know red blooded male does. <laughs> but you're injecting plastic into your face. You know what I mean? I don't think that's natural. I don't think that's good. I don't think that's a healthy thing to do, to inject plastic into your face. You know what I mean? So I don't think those fake lips look good at all. But like I said, I like full lips, but I don't like it if you need to shove fiberglass into your face. It just looks terrible. Now, this young girl's upset because she got laughed at when she went to hospital. <laughs> Sorry. It is pretty funny. Wow. Jesus Christ. See, here's the thing too. 
So she's going to say it was wrong. I was afraid. I thought I would be get I would get really sick. The nurses laughed at me when I was in hospital. But what did she do? She couldn't wait to get on fucking on the phone and do a selfie of it. Right? Sorry, sorry, no, no, not a victim, not a victim. If you're doing selfies and posting it to social media, going, oh my god, look at my face. I got an injection. This is horrible. Then fuck off with you like, oh, they laughed at me. They were laughing at me. That's not fair. That's not right. Fuck off. You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to upload the video. You couldn't wait. And now you're being written about on news.com. You're like, oh, they're talking about. Why is everybody talking about me? You could have gone to hospital and had your lips drained or whatever the hell they do with this kind of procedure and nobody would have known. Everybody would have been none the wiser. But now everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your face. You wanted this. You wanted to be out there. You wanted this. You didn't want the reaction that you got by pumping plastic into your face, but you wanted the subsequent reaction when you did. A British woman whose lips quadrupled after having fillers has claimed nurses burst into fits of laughter when she was raced to hospital in agony. There she... Is that her before? See, that's fine. What's wrong with that? Rachel Napier nearly lost her top lip after having $400 worth of lip fillers during a boozy Botox party with her friends. The 29-year-old had the injections at the party after several glasses of Prosecco. Well, that's a, we're off to a good start. But woke up the next day to discover her lips had swollen to four times their normal size. The pressure building in her lips was so, so painful she was rushed to hospital for emergency treatment. But according to Miss Napier... When she arrived at the emergency department, terrified and in agony, the nurses simply laughed at her. Selfie. Selfie. Got to get this on Instagram, bro. The nurses are laughing at me. It's so horrible. Kisses from the emergency room. Selfie. Speaking on ITVs this morning, Miss Nabia said the nurses had even had never seen anything like it. I turned up to A&E, which is, I think it's accident and emergency, with this huge thing on my face. I'm telling them I'm having an allergic reaction, which is what I thought was happening. Three doctors told Miss Nabia that the beautician had actually injected the lip filler into her artery. Ouch. Oh, ah! Her lips ended up splitting from the Botox injection. According to Miss Napier, the beautician prayed, prayed on her biggest weakness when she offered to pull up. See, again, that's what the theme of this show is tonight. Nobody's taking responsibility for their own shit anymore. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm so tired of this garbage. No, I'm not. I, I refuse to feel sorry for anybody anymore ever again. That's it. Done. Out. I am done with feeling sorry for people. According, listen to this shit. According to Miss Napier, the beautician preyed on her biggest weaknesses when she offered to plump up her lips. No, you got drunk, you went to a Botox party, and you said, pump me full of the good shit. And then when it didn't work out, you went to hospital, you took selfies of yourself, you uploaded it to Instagram, and you complained that people laughed at you. It's not my fault. I'm the victim here. She preyed on me. No, 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 no. You got drunk and said, give it to me, Doc. 
It was fine. I went to bed. I woke up at two in the morning and saw what you see in those pictures. My lips touched my nose. They had quadrupled in size. The pressure and burning on my lips was unbelievable. Look, she even put little, you know, she put pictures online with little banners and everything. She said she has learned a valuable lesson from the ordeal. Well, not really, but you should see that's garbage too. Turn in your little violins. I am. That's it. I'm burning my violins. She's saying she's learned a valuable lesson from the ordeal, but she hasn't because she's blaming the beautician instead of herself. She said, oh, it's the beautician's fault. She preyed on my weaknesses. I was, I was a weak little timid little lamb being led to the slaughter. I was an angel of virtue, true with untouched lips of godly beauty. And this demonic, evil beautician preyed on my weaknesses. She preyed on my weaknesses and filled my head with lies and deceptions in order to lure me into her lip-plumping lair of doom. I fell to the siren song of a deceptive beautitianous witch. I am the victim. I'm telling my story. Selfie. Selfie on Instagram. Oh my God, everybody. Look at my lips. Oh my God, it's so disgusting. The nurses, they laughed at me. It's bullshit, man. There you go. Um, have you guys heard of Roosh? Roosh is a guy who's accused of hating women. He's written a couple of books and stuff. I haven't read them. But he's often accused of misogyny. He was recently banned off Amazon. His book was banned off Amazon. So he posted this little video with this line. Women in their 20s are getting plastic filler injections to hook up with hotter guys and look good for their Instagram and YouTube. This particular female is followed by millions of young girls. Let's have a look. Because, I mean, look at look at how the beauticians take advantage of people. I think I'm accrediting lip filler to my Instagram growth almost. Yeah. And to me hooking up with far hotter people, which I also accredit to my Instagram. I mean, obviously the beauticians are taking advantage of these girls. Like, it's not their fault. These girls, are, like I said, these girls are being bewitched and beguiled by deceptive servants of Satan, i.e. beauticians. I think I'm accrediting lip filler to my Instagram growth, almost. Yeah. And to me hooking up with far hotter people, which I also accredit to my Instagram growth. Yeah. I'm like numb. I'm like drooling. <laughs> That's how I feel. You know? I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't think I can go a YouTube video without spitting. But I mean, in real life, I'm not really a spitter. Me oh, yeah. just hanging out while my girl gets spilled. <laughs> I have this weird rash all over. Women, what the fuck is going on over there? Now, see, I love women. I cherish women. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a great admirer of women, you might say. But um, girls, I'm sorry. This is going to sound inc- this is going to sound incredibly barbaric, but. <clears throat> If you want to be treated equally, you can't do this. You can't be doing this stuff for Instagram likes. I'm sorry. We cannot allow it. We, <laughs> we cannot allow you to bring down, you know, the high value of Western women down to this level where you're spitting into a sink after getting your lips pumped with fucking fiberglass in order to attract Instagram follows. We can't allow this to happen. There is going to be a time at some point in the near future, I suspect, when men are going to have to stand up and say, okay, that's it. Cut the shit. (laughs) Cut the shit. That's it. We're done. No more. 
I am taking your phone. I am cancelling your Instagram account. I am taking away all of your money. You are no longer allowed to mix with other women. You, you must stay at home at all times. <laughs> because this is really getting, this is really going too far now. I think that time is, is fast approaching. <laughs> we can't have this continue. That's how I feel. You know? I'm like, I know. I don't think I can go a YouTube video without spitting. But I mean, in real life, I'm not really a spitter. Me just hanging out while my girl gets spilled. Yay, selfie. Dude, I have this weird rash all over my face right now. That's She's why like, perfect weird. time to inject filler. Huh. No, literally. Mm -hmm. Marius needle ASMR. Lips. <laughs> this is progress. Oh my god. Oh my god. Great comment in the chat from <laughs> my tweet. Now you know why the guy cut off his dick. He was like, I'm out of here. I've had enough. If you can't beat him, join him. Robin McWilliams over in the over on YouTube. So is Islam the answer? I I think so. I suspect. To be fair, Sharia Sharia look works out pretty well for the guys. You know. Islamic law is a pretty sweet deal for the for the dudes. I mean, as long as you can get used to the fashion, then everything else is kind of taken care of. Unless you're from Kuwait. Unless you're from Kuwait, where female academics will claim on television that gay men have an anal worm that feeds on semen. So if we can look past that, we're probably doing okay. Doesn't this look like doesn't this look like fun, girls? Who wants to get their face injected with toxic plastic? Doesn't that look so you can look hot for your Instagram selfies? Doesn't this look like fun? Don't you feel empowered by this? Actually making me like want to die. Yes. Yes, Joanna. <laughs> How do you feel? So good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh my god, yes, shape. For Guys, real? they're swollen right now, by the way, so don't judge. I don't want to see no fucking duck face fucking, oh my god, they look so bad. Like, they're swollen. Like, literally, they're fucking swollen. <laughs> I like them. They can stay like this. Dude, Ashley loves her shit swollen. Mm-hmm. You look horrible. You look awful. Sorry. You look like the back of a 67 Chev or something. You look, you look like you are made out of fiberglass, and it's disgusting. Sorry. Sorry, babe. All right. Let's do some fake news. I've got a couple more things to get through before we get to your Twitter contributions, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be an interesting one. Because this is going to touch on a couple of the topics that we've done in previous shows. So, um, you know, we've been discussing this move by governments to start suppressing access to the internet, the different excuses that they're going to use to ban things like live streaming. To be honest, if, if we could ban the live streaming of women getting shit, their faces pumped full of toxic plastic and shit, I would almost be in favor of it. I would almost vote yes on banning live streaming if that was the only thing that was going to be banned. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not regarded as dangerous. Other things are. So this is going to touch on a few of the topics and it's going to tie in some of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks on this show. The move to directly suppress freedom on the internet. Check this out. This is the BBC, by the way. The world's largest election is underway in India. Over five weeks, 
900 million eligible voters in 20 states are casting their ballots to decide who will rule this vast country for the next five years. And this is no small decision because in that time, India's population is set to overtake China's and its economy is likely to become bigger than the UK's. The size of this democratic exercise is like no other, but the issues that it brings issues. up are all too familiar. Social media, once again, is playing a part in swaying political opinions. Here we go. And, once again, misinformation, so-called fake news, ah. is attempting to cloud voters' judgment. Ah. And the problem is, last year, BBC-led research revealed that ordinary citizens in India are less concerned with the facts of a story and they're more likely to share it if it bolsters their national identity. Oh, they're a bunch of white nationalists. Oh. <laughs> what a horrible thought. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought only white people were nationalists. Turns out the Indians big fascists. Big fascists. They're more Research led by the BBC has found that people are less concerned with the facts and are more likely to share a story if it bolsters their national identity. You see, here at the BBC, we do everything we can to attack our own national identity. We're more concerned with appearing to be pro progressive and tolerant and never saying a bad word about anybody who attacks our national identity. Because we here at the BBC, as white Englishmen, are literal human shit who have spread like a cancer across the rest of the world, and we whip ourselves every morning and wish that we could remove our genitals so we need not reproduce, thus forever making sure that we completely disarm and get rid of our own national identity, which is awful. Because we're very good people. <laughs> this is... This is this is the opinion of a good person in Britain. We need to we need to destroy our national identity immediately. We we, we care about the facts, and the fact is we're horrible, horrible, horrible fascists. <laughs> we hate women. We're racist. We're disgusting individuals. Colonization was awful. The down, down with the empire. The problem is now as acute on WhatsApp as it is on uh, Facebook. And when messages come from... I remember reading a story on the New York, from the New York Times on Trust and Verify on Sunday night, months ago, in regards to the Brazilian election, ladies and gentlemen. And the New York Times was blaming WhatsApp for the election of, I forget how to pronounce the guy's name, Wa Bolsonaro. You know, the Brazilian Trump, they call him. Another fascist, another Nazi, blah, blah, blah. So what was happening apparently was... People, Bolsonaro fans were starting up little groups on WhatsApp and they were sharing memes, right, and jokes and news stories from alternative news sources. And this Bolsonaro guy won the election. And subsequently from that, the, the corporate press in the Western world, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, New York Times, Washington Post, the BBCs, came out and said WhatsApp was to blame because people were sharing fake news. So now we have, because WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, right? So now what's, Facebook has now got um, people looking into WhatsApp to discover ways to break up and stop stories from and memes from going viral because they're fake news and they're having a profound effect on democracy. They're, 
we now live in such a twisted reality that people freely expressing opinions and information amongst each other needs to be stopped in order to protect democracy. Of course, the word democracy is just being substituted in for something that is not democratic whatsoever. Because if it actually was democracy, then you would have no way of getting in the way of people freely sharing information with each other. Any attempt to do that is specifically anti-democratic. Well, we don't we don't think <laughs> people are sharing memes. People are sharing quote unquote fake news. We can't allow this to happen. That's going to threaten our democracy. No, no, no. When people in power, when people can act as gatekeepers to information, and when people can suppress and stop people from talking to each other, that's the threat to democracy. You see, you're, you're pointing all around the room looking for the boogeyman. You're looking for the bad guy. What you really need to do is just turn those fingers around and, you know, right there, right here, right there. There's, there's the enemy of democracy, right there. You're looking at him. You. Carry on. Family and friends, the receivers are more likely to believe it and to share it. <sighs> India's election commission has been working with social media giants to try and stop the toxic overspill. Toxic. Reed has been fighting. Toxic overspill. Finding out if they've been successful. Because God forbid we trust them with critical thought. <laughs> we are horrible people here at the BBC. Here at the BBC, we believe in not only shitting on our own national identity, but protecting democracy. Democracy is something that needs to be protected and cherished around the world. And so we advocate, in order to protect democracy, banning people from saying shit we don't like. You see, if people are allowed to say things we don't like and share memes on the internet, well, that will be a threat to democracy. And we can't allow that to happen especially when people share stories that bolster their national identity, which is toxic overspill. Fake news foxes the best of us. In India, it has a particular potency. Potency. Information from social media like WhatsApp, Facebook, news channels. Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. Facebook. Last year, more than 30 people died after false social media rumors triggered mob violence. What? Uh, okay. Okay. False social media rumors triggered mob violence. I am so sick of this shit. Does, wait, does the guy actually tell us what happened? This NGO stepped no. in to count. No, of course not. So, social media... Social media made people go out onto the street and kick the shit out of people and kill 30 people. That's what happened, right? It, this is such, such anti-intellectual garbage that we're dealing with here. Governments in, around the world are blaming live streaming for the Christchurch shooting. In the aftermath of the terrorist attacks in Sri Lanka, the government banned access to social media because they didn't want to spark more violence. The BBC, with all of their resources, is blaming social media rumours for, let's call it what it is, Neanderthals going out into the street and kicking the shit out of people to death. No, this is all... The actions of the people are not dictated by social media. If you have a problem in your society 
that people will look on Twitter or Facebook and then feel the need to go out and kill people, that is a problem with your citizens. Because for every one person that would watch a YouTube video and then from that be inspired to go out and kill a bunch of people, there are millions who do not. So we do not ban in civil society the access for the millions of people who do not in order to protect our our reputation against the one who would. That's not how we roll. This is a backdoor to government-controlled internet. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. And these stories are now coming through thick and fast. The promotion of regulation of the internet is happening in the UK, Australia, Canada, Western Europe, and the United States. I shared a story earlier today from Slate. Same thing, pushing for it. The full court press for suppression of internet freedom is on. And everything, it's like climate change, right? Every time that there's a hurricane, they'll blame uh, climate change. Every time there's a snowstorm, they'll blame climate change. Every time there's a fire, they'll blame climate change. And they'll say, see, this is why we need, you know, worldwide taxation funds to go to bodies like the UN and, you know, global climate change, you know, taxation schemes. We need to tax all of the middle class. We need to send all this money to the third world. And every minute that we don't do it, we're going to make climate change worse. The exact same kind of shallow anti-intellectual bullshit is happening now with the internet. Every time some kind of tragedy happens or some kind of violent event happens in the world, all of these people in the government and the corporate press are going to come out and say, it's all because of the internet. It's all because of Facebook. It's all because of YouTube. It's all because of Google. It's all because of Twitter. It's all their fault. So the government needs to step in and do something about it. It's the exact same play, just plastered onto a different problem. ...counter its effects. The explosion of mobile internet here has been a cultural earthquake. People easily believe fiery fake news and underestimate the effect of sharing it. Fiery fake news. India is certainly a country which, is, which comes under these four things like follow, share, forward, like. Misinformation is catchy, misinformation is alarming, misinformation is like negative news which is very, very attractive. We don't feel, uh, you know, uh, bad about forwarding it without realizing how a forward can impact people. We don't feel bad about forwarding it without realizing how a forward can affect people. Why don't we feel bad about people who can be affected by some, something being forwarded to them? Affected to the point of going out and strapping plastic to their chest and wandering into a cafe and ripping a cord and blowing innocent people to smithereens. That's what you should feel bad about. Follow, share, forward, like. At election time, fiery rhetoric linked to identity does all of these things. And there are Did he just say fire, fiery rhetoric? <laughs> Surely you mean rhetoric, sir. Surely you mean rhetoric. Fiery rhetoric. The fuck is rhetoric? Can impact people. Follow, share, forward, like. At election time, fiery rhetoric. <laughs> Come on, you could take 50 takes to get this right. You went with that? That was the best take. Linked to identity does all of these things. And there are politicians here 
who are happy to foment communal tensions. Ah. It's why the election commission has been... Ah, you see, fake news is being spread to spread racism and tribalism and foment tension and pushing fear, ladies and gentlemen. You see, it's the exact same shit in every country. The, the censorious, tyrannical left is the exact same in every single fucking country. It doesn't matter if it's Sweden or Germany or Holland or the UK or Ireland or Scotland or Australia or New Zealand or the USA or even fucking India. The exact same lines, the exact same rhetoric, the exact same everywhere. Well, people, people are pushing fake news to foment hatred between different tribal groups and the government needs to step in and put a stop to it because pushing that kind of fear and hate is a threat to our democracy. I'm so worried about fake news hijacking the democratic process and is asking social media giants to clamp down. <laughs> WhatsApp introduced rationing, limiting to five the number of contacts users can share content with. Oh, yay. As for Facebook, it's smarting from a series of fake news and data scandals. India's election is the big test. It pulled hundreds of fake accounts and announced a war room to crisis manage the election. Notice they're, fo they're focusing... Look at this war room. Actually, let's watch this. Watch a little bit of this and then I'll, I'll show you the next thing. We asked to see it and were eventually told it wasn't in India where the election is. Okay, where is the Facebook fake news war room, ladies and gentlemen? You'll be pleased to know. But in San Francisco... Oh, of course! And if you're going to San Francisco... Be sure to ban some Nazis while you're there. And if you're working in San Francisco, don't let the fake news ruin democracy here. San Francisco. Fact checkers in San Francisco, ladies and gentlemen, are the ones. See, we're worried about subverting the democratic process. We now have people living in San Francisco deciding how to protect the democratic process in India. In India. The Indian people sharing memes and sharing stories on apps like WhatsApp have less power to decide what their democracy means and what information should be shared than a room full of malnourished, sunlight-averse individuals in Tech Valley. That, that should be fucking horrifying to people. One office in San Francisco is deciding what is real and what is fake news for over a billion people in India. Oh, we need to protect democracy. And these unelected, unknown two dozen people in this office in San Francisco with Dorito dust on their fingers clogging up the enter and delete key on their keyboard, they're the ones to do it. Where Facebook is, our reporter who visited it said the war room had a cobbled together feel to it. 
the fact that we set up these operation centers, that we had the right capabilities in this room, where we had threat investigators, data scientists, engineers, um, meant that we had the appropriate expertise so we could respond rapidly when it mattered the most. We have the appropriate expertise. Back in India, Facebook has... Plaid shirts and bold frame glasses and neck beards and fucking man bags. That's who's running the democratic process in India now. Recruited an army of independent fact checkers. The fact checkers. The startup News Mobile employs a new. Oh, look out, boys and girls. It's the fact checkers. They're the new priesthood. They're the ones who decide what's real and not real in India. In India. You know, you know, Gutav, I am very, very unhappy with this current government. Have you seen this latest meme? No, Pajit. Show me your latest meme. Oh, this is a very funny meme. I will share it to my 200 followers on the, on the Facebook. And then some, some fucking guy named Aloysius or Stefan. Sorry, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's in the chat. We won't use Stefan. We'll call him Richard. Some guy named Richard in the office at, you know, in San Francisco. That one of the fact checkers, like, I don't think so. Mm-mm-mm, delete. You can't share that. That's not real information. That's not real news. You silly Indian peasant running around trying to share those links. Well, I'm sorry, Pajit, but it seems that the truth tellers and the fact checkers and the priests of a modern age that live in San Francisco have prevented me from sharing this tweet. You really would have enjoyed this meme. It would make you laugh so hard that curry would fly out of your nose. Breed of journo. They're certified by the International Fact Checking Network. Their job to review flag stories, rate their accuracy, and push out a corrective. Push out a corrective. This is. They are literally championing and campaigning for people to intercept messages and links on apps like WhatsApp and instead replace them with their own links. Yay! Yay! Thank God. Thank God the fact checkers are on the case. Why, I might have read something that they deem inaccurate. (gasps) Thankfully, they're protecting the democratic process for me. I'm far too stupid and ignorant to be able to discern truth from fiction myself. Thank God Richard the Neckbeard in his office in San Francisco is doing the work for me. Isn't it wonderful, Pajit? Isn't it wonderful, Punjab? Absolutely fantastic stuff. This is a global epidemic and requires a global response for every social media company globally. Want to hear it again? Back in India, Facebook has recruited an army of independent fact checkers. The startup News Mobile employs a new breed of journo. They're certified by the International Fact Checking Network. Who the fuck is the International Fact Checking Network? That one just slipped through. They've been certified by the International Fact Checking Network. Well, who the who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> All right, everybody, stop typing on your keyboards. I'm from the International Fact Checking Network. I'm here to review your operation. Who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) How did you get in? How did you get in here? You didn't park in my space. Are you the asshole that parked in my space? Here at the International Fact Checking Network, we decide who the international fact checkers should be. 
It's a it's an arduous process. <laughs> All right, everybody. You have no jurisdiction here. My name's Boogie Bumper. I'm from the International Fact Checking Network. Who's running this shit show? <laughs> some fucking some fucking global internet police we've got going on here. The International Fact Checking Network. Sounds sounds very professional, doesn't it? Yes, they are international, so they know everything. Their job to review flag stories, rate their accuracy, and push out a corrective. This is the global epidemic. <laughs> yeah, don't you know who I am? They do they have a badge? Look at the badge. This is this is my job. I'm taking over this operation. Who the fuck are you? I'm from the International Fact Checking Network, and you will do as you're told and requires a global response for every social media company globally. There it is. The International Fact-Checking Network. Fake news is so, is so ravaging the democratic process in countries like India, it requires an international effort for all social media companies globally. This is the global epidemic and requires a global response for every social media company globally. They are pushing this everywhere. It's not the the first amendment is not going to protect you here and I'm not trying to sound like a doom you know I'm not trying to sell fear here There are certain realities that exist People say well they can't do that what about the first amendment think about the first amendment we're here in America we got our first amendment and we got guns so ain't nobody going to fuck with us you hear But it's not going to work that way cuz they won't even have to touch the first amendment they will just impose penalties on companies that allow certain content to go through. And they can do that. That's called regulation. There's a reason why Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and Google executives are all lining up saying, well, I'm open to regulation. Because for them, it will cement them as monopolies. It will mean that nobody can afford to compete because they will impose fines for anybody who breaks the rules that are so large, they will put up such big barricades to entry the market that nobody else is going to be able to afford it and they will go on unchallenged into the future forever if they allow this kind of regulation to take place. Look up Article 13, which was recently passed in the EU. That's what that's about. It's about pulling up the drawbridge. So nobody else can join them at the top of the tree. I forget which rocket. I think it was a Rockefeller. One of the Rockefellers once said, you know, the most famous capitalist family in American history once said that competition is a sin. These very rich and very powerful money men do not believe in free market capitalism. They believe in domination of a market, monopolization of a market and putting up barriers to prevent anybody else from competing with them. It is, they say business is ruthless. Yes, you don't become multinational global corporations with access to governments around the world by being a really nice guy who plays fair. Wow, yes. Wow, yes, Jake, that was a Southern accent. Do you like my Southern? People often, people often compliment me on my Southern uh, this is this is my Southern Democrat, my Southern Democrat, just an old town, all home country boy. 
uh, it's the fake news problem. The fake news problem. a crisis of credibility as well. So for them, it's incumbent upon them as well to work more deeply, especially with independent media companies. By all accounts, the fact checkers are doing a terrific job. Terrific. There's just so much fake news for them to deal with. Added to that, fact checking is real journalism. It's <laughs> time. Is that? Is that right? <laughs> fact checking is real journalism. Really? Really? I remember. I remember reading one fact check article once, and they said, "Remember." Donald Trump tweeted out, remember the whole bleach bit thing? Bleach bit? <laughs> and Donald Trump treated, t- uh, tweeted out something about one of Hillary's um, employees looking to acid wash one of her hard drives or something. And then they fact-checked that and said, oh, no, that's false because, you know, it wasn't acid wash, it was bleach bit. So he's lying. That's, that's real journalism now, right? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> These people mean it. They mean it. Do you want to know um, the people who are monitoring content on Facebook? Do you want to know their story, ladies and gentlemen? I found this. I think this was about a year ago. Yep. Almost, Almost a year ago to the day. April 26, 2018. One year ago. So, see, none of these things are sudden. We tend to think that, like, after an event like Christchurch, that when everybody comes out and says, oh, we need to ban social media, we need to get these these horrible things off the internet, we tend to think that it starts there. But really, what these people are very, very good at is slowly chumming the waters, right? They spend years chumming the waters, slowly preparing you. The old adage of turning the pot, turning the, the dial up on the pot to slowly boil the frog, right? It's true. So this was one year ago, and this is on BBC News. This, this is BBC, what we just watched about how now it's a global problem and we need fact checkers and people to disrupt fake news networks so people can't share information anymore on WhatsApp, right? Because it threatens democracy. This was one year ago. Watch this. Remember, the government of Australia and the UK and New Zealand and Canada are all looking to impose massive fines or prison terms on people who run companies like Twitter or YouTube who allow dangerous live streaming imagery to go to the internet. So if you allow if you allow this stuff to go live, you'll be thrown in prison, which is another way of banning it because the companies cannot afford that liability. So they'll just say, okay... Anybody who isn't CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, or one of the major news networks, nobody else is allowed to live stream anymore because it's too risky. It's too dangerous. I cried. It is the most important job in Facebook and it's the worst and no one cares about it. 
every day you will see things that shock you, traumatising stuff. The headings, child pornography, animal abuse. You become like a machine. With this hand, the next button, and this button, yes or no. So you click, next, decide, next, decide. What was the worst kind of content you had to see? I would definitely go with child pornography because you get to see like even a six-month-old baby been raped. Also terrorism. You see very graphic images of blood and terrorist attacks. This is the Facebook executive. This work is hard, uh, but I will say that the, the graphic content, that sort of content, is a small fraction of what reviewers might see. Increasingly, we've been able to use technology to review and remove some of the worst content that you might see somebody upload to Facebook. Increasingly, we've been able to use technology instead of people because it's just so hard on the people. Now, you can say, you can say nobody wants to see this stuff, but hey, nobody forced her to take the job in the first place, right? Right? Nobody forced her to take the job. She took it. And then she's saying that she can't handle it. She doesn't like it. She can't, she can't view the images. She doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to be a content reviewer anymore. Well, luckily, luckily for us, the AI steps in now most of the time takes the human element out of it. But you have to think, if somebody's viewing this content over and over and over and over again, what would their perception of disagreeable content be after a while? And what, what do they think is too far? What do they think is bad? Right? Hate speech and so on. What effect did the pressure and the things you were seeing have on you and your home life? I had nightmares a couple of times. I remember one, for example, people jumping from a building. I don't know why. And I remember people, instead of helping the people jumping, they were just taking photos and videos. And I remember catching one little girl and crying with this little girl. And I woke up crying. I woke up crying and I remember blood everywhere and people just doing videos. What did you think of the way the company supported you and supported your colleagues? The company didn't support us at all. I think we complained almost every day. Almost every day because we had problems. We didn't like the things we were looking at. Don't take the job then. Don't take the job. They would have sat there. They would have sat you down and said to you, "Okay, if you're going to do content review, then you have to understand that you're going to see some pretty awful graphic shit from some from time to time, and you need to be mentally prepared for that. Don't take the job and then complain that you can't do it and it's their fault. Again, we are back to this theme of people not taking responsibility. You didn't have to work there, darling. This was not slave labor you were engaged in." You took the job of being a content reviewer for Facebook and you are complaining that you had to look at nasty images. Get the fuck out. Sorry. So I'm done. I'm done with the sympathy, this sympathy shit. But see, this was, this was a year ago. 
This was a year ago. So they're already chumming the water. Oh, there's so many, there's so much nastiness online. The awful images, the child pornography, the beheadings, the terrorism, the violence. And it was so awful to look at. And I had, per, I had personal problems in my life and it was affecting me. I was having nightmares and we complained every day and nobody did anything about it. Nobody cared. Nobody cared about what we were seeing. It was awful. Well, rest assured, you know, we have the answer. Luckily for everybody, we are working on automated algorithms to do the job for us because nobody should have to see that kind of thing. Nobody should have to look at those kinds of images. Those kinds of images are really awful things for human beings to experience. So we're going to make sure that our AI can do the job for us. And so we can protect people from these awful, awful things. Even the people who, you know, have to work there, we can, we can move them out, cycle them out, as General Eaton said. So we can cycle the humans out of the process. They were chumming the waters even back then. One year ago to the day. Preparing us for what's happening since. And just one more on that India story. Google search manipulation can swing, swing votes in Indian elections. Altering Google search result, results can pose a real threat to democracy as it has a major impact on voting preferences of undecided voters and could swing a close election according to a new landmark study analysing just-concluded Lok Sabha polls in India. Remember, the government in India and the BBC is trying to tell us that the real threat to democracy is individual people sharing memes and stories on apps like WhatsApp or on things like Facebook amongst themselves. That needs to, have, that needs to be stopped. That is a scourge. That is a cancer. That is a threat to democracy because of fake news, people sharing stories and sharing memes. That's the problem. Meanwhile, there are studies out there that say, show the higher the rank, the more people will trust the result, which is why companies are spending billions now to push their products higher. Because individual people sharing their own stories is the threat. What we really want to do is allow companies like CNN and MSNBC and the BBC to spend millions of dollars to make sure their, result, their search results come up top. That's how we protect democracy. In a new study conducted in recent weeks with more than 2,000 undecided voters throughout India, the researchers have shown that votes in India can easily be pushed towards one candidate or another by about 12%, double that amount in some demographic groups, enough to determine the outcomes of many close races. Oh, we've got to put a stop to fake news. We absolutely have to put a stop to people sharing their own information. The companies that spend billions on Google, they're the ones who are supposed to decide what happens, you see. Not you. Not you and your little WhatsApp group and your little Telegram group sharing your little memes. Can't allow that to happen. Same language. Look, this is a very serious matter, a real threat to democracy. If two candidates were both trying to push their rankings higher, they would be competing, and that's fine. But if Google, which has a monopoly on search in India, were to favour one candidate, it could easily put that candidate in office by manipulating search rankings, and no one could counter what they are doing, especially when you crack down on people sharing things on Facebook and Twitter and WhatsApp. Because that's the guerrilla warfare of the information battle. 
Even if without human intervention, the company's search algorithm favoured one candidate, thousands of votes would still be driven to that candidate. In the new study, participants were randomly assigned to groups in which search rankings favoured either Kurzweil, Rahul Gandhi or Modi. The new study suggests that biased search rankings can be used to fix the outcome of races in India in which the winner is projected to win by a margin of up to 2.9%. This can be done just by influencing undecided voters who use the internet, a small but important group of voters that is sure to grow in coming years, researchers said. Worldwide, researchers said upwards of 25% of national elections are won by margins under 3%. Quote, of particular concern is the fact that 99% of the people in our study seem to be unaware that the search rankings they saw were biased. That means Google has the power to manipulate elections without anyone suspecting they're doing so. To prevent undue influence, election-related search rankings need to be regulated and monitored as well as subjected to equal time rules. We can't allow you to share fake news and memes on WhatsApp and Facebook, ladies and gentlemen. Especially not when we've spent billions trying to rig Google to do the job of rigging elections for us. We can't have you pesky peasants getting in the way of our Google-inspired wisdom. Being able to sway 10, 12, 15% of voters by allowing companies to spend more money to push their results to the top of the ladder, which is all admitted. That's the way we're supposed to do... Th- that's, the, that's the way we're supposed to do democracy. But you people sharing your memes and your fake news, well, we need to hire fact-checkers to put a stop to that globally. Failing that, well, I guess we'll just have to get the government to regulate that shit out of existence. We can't have you threatening the global power dynamic. Sorry. All right. I'm going to take a quick five-minute break, guys. We've been going for three hours, flat out, non-stop. And when we get back, we're going to do the tweets that you sent in. We'll burn through all of those. So thanks so much for sticking around. If you do, if you don't, we'll see you next time. Be back in five. Hello, everybody. This is Chris McDonald. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to listen to our Mac Files broadcast every Monday through Friday night from 930 to 1030 right here on Periscope, YouTube and Facebook Live. We always have a wide variety of guests that talk about faith, make America great again, the nation, President Trump. We deal with a lot of law enforcement issues, a lot of immigration issues and issues that are very relevant to the time that we live in. Friday nights, 1130, the one and only James R. joins us for Pirate Radio, one of the liveliest shows late night that you'll ever have. And then Sunday nights, we have uh, Pastor Ronnie Mitchum join us at 8.30 p.m. for our Sunday night faith chat. And be there. We're looking for you. Join us each week. Aloha. James R. here. When I'm not in court defending the boys from the starting block against slander charges. Alleged! Yes, yes. Alleged. I'm hosting Trust and Verify with Boogie Bumper every Sunday night at 1 a.m. on TABshow.com. Join us and all your favorite broadcasters there. TABshow.com. 
friend and foe alike, join me for Unprasad every week on the Common Discourse Weekly Roundup podcast. You can follow the show on at TCD Tweet on Twitter and Periscope. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, StreamMe, iTunes, or your preferred podcast platform. If you like what you hear, or you would like to express your raging discontent, please consider leaving us a review. The Common Discourse, independent political opinion, thought, and analysis for the people, by the people. Do you lie awake at night pondering life's big questions? Is there a God? What is the meaning of life? How would one do an hour-long sports show without ever actually talking about sport? If yes, we can help you answer 33% of these pressing questions. All you have to do is check out the starting block on TAVshow.com, Periscope, Stream Me, or YouTube, Wednesday mornings at 3am Eastern Standard Time. You can also download the podcast on iTunes just by searching for The Starting Block in the store or at thestartingblock.podbean.com. Or if you're really desperate for answers, why not check us out on Twitter, at The Starting Block. No K at the end, don't forget to drop that K. Enlightenment is now only a click away. So that's why that kind of political speak, that those kinds of comments, whether I witness them or they're thrown directly at me, they just don't bother me anymore. I, I laugh. Because I know basically the entire, you know, the entire ideological platform on the left and has, is built on fear and always has been. Remember, it's, it's, there's fear of capitalism because those greedy business owners, they're going to starve you to death. They're going to work you to death. That's built on fear. There's fear of the rich. The rich are trying to keep you down squashing you, trampling on your dreams. You need to get rid of them. That's selling fear. There's fear of freedom. I mean, why do, why do you think, why do you think safe spaces exist? The people accusing you of selling fear and paranoia literally endorse the creation of safe spaces in universities and triggering warnings, trigger warnings just in case someone might present a piece of educational material, whether it be in some kind of book or movie, that may stroke them in a negative way emotionally. The people accusing you of selling fear and paranoia literally need to be warned about material in books in universities before they hear it. And they say you're the ones pushing fear. In reality, they are the ones that exist and live and breathe in a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year campaign of fear. Fear of everything outside the norm that's been constructed within the bounds of the ideology itself. Because their fear, real or imagined, is what motivates them to accuse you of using fear against them.
coming in hot. Let's do this. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. And we're back. There you are. Just before we get into your stuff, ladies and gentlemen, just for the people who missed it, and just because I want to see it again, the greatest campaign ad of all time... If any Democrat should be elected president, it should be this guy for do it just for doing this ad. Here you go, Congresswoman Comstock. Congresswoman Comstock back there at the bar. The bad acting and everything. Sure is. I bet you can't get her to hold a town hall. Town hall? Veteran shirt. Do you want better than that? We've lost that love and feeling. No, Dan. (laughs) Never hold town halls anymore with constituents. Land Parenthood and Obamacare you voted against. You're trying hard not to show it, but Barbara, Barbara, you know it. You've lost that centrist feeling, cause you've been right wing appealing. We've lost that love and feeling, now it's gone, gone, gone. Out she goes. See ya, Barbara. Nice work, Dan. Thanks, Maverick. (laughs) The best part's here at the end, on the bike. There he is, the glasses off. Dan Helmer. I approve of town halls, bad singing, and this message. (laughs) Democrat Dan Helmer is running for Congress in Virginia's 10th District. Learn more at homerforcongress.com. See, I've, I've seen a lot of Republican periscopes and YouTube live streams and stuff saying, all the Democrats in Virginia are terrible. Fuck it. Bullshit. That guy is awesome. He's amazing. Dan Helmer for Congress. <laughs> I mean, if he was the only Democrat in the entire House of Congress, then you might be okay with it, I guess, if you were a staunch Republican. For me, I'm not even American, so I'm kind of like, nah, fucking throw, throw Top Gun in there. How bad can he be? Maybe if he had an eye patch. All right, let's do this. Original Revolution, straight off the top. They were tossing around the idea of playing with their DNA last year. Could reviving woolly mammoth genes fight the effects of global warming? I'm not sure how. Woolly mammoths have been extinct for more than 4,000 years, but with new gene editing techniques they could help mitigate the effects of a modern problem, climate change. 
Most of the hype so far is focused on bringing these shaggy beasts back to life using their permafrost-preserved DNA. But this time, scientists aren't aiming for a Jurassic Park scenario. They're not trying to bring back entire mammoths exactly as they were in the last Ice Age. I would just add, yet. Come on. If you've got the, the ability to bring back a woolly mammoth, I guarantee you it would be six months before that thing is in a travelling fucking circus. And carny folk are, you know, brushing it before the big reveal. But Daddy, I want a woolly mammoth. I want a woolly mammoth now! <laughs> Rather, it'll, be, it'll become a rich kid's... It'll become a rich kid's pony in the future. Ponies are so 1900s. You know, we used to ride around in horse-drawn carts in the 1800s. Rich kids had ponies in the 1900s. Now I want a woolly mammoth. Don't you? Rather, they're hoping... Uh, I'm not cleaning up its shit, though. Whoa. If we get a woolly mammoth, you have to walk it every day. Oh, come on. <laughs> you have to clean up its poop in the backyard. Rather, they're hoping to mingle some of the mammoth's ancient genes with those of today's Asian elephants. Well, what could go wrong? To increase the elephant's tolerance to the cold. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How is this going to mitigate climate change? So, okay, so now the elephants can handle walking into a refrigerator. Bravo. I don't even think it's desirable to bring back the entire mammoth, Church told Live Science Friday. Here at the 2018 Liberty Science Centre Genius Gala, he thinks a few ancient genes will do more good by boosting the survival chances of threatened elephants, which could then be reintroduced to the northern parts of the globe. Why? Why? I mean, things die. Things die. I would I would have thought like a, a, a good God-fearing Christian type would respect the fact that sometimes species die out. Sometimes things just die. Now we have now we have apparently, you know, science Christian scientists arguing that, yeah, we need to resurrect ancient genes, splice them in with modern elephants so we can get the elephants roaming around Norway again. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about, man? Just sometimes things die out. Just the way it goes. Once there, the genetically tweaked elephants would topple trees that keep the war the area warm in the winter, thereby restoring a more cl a climate friendly ecosystem. That is, <laughs> that's like don't raise the bridge, lower the water. I know how we'll stay warm in the winter. <laughs> gee, gee, it's it's going to be a cold winter. I've got just the plan. What we're going to do is we're going to get the woolly mammoth genes that are long extinct, splice them in with Asian elephants, ship the elephants up to Norway, and then let the elephants roam around and knock down trees, and that then will release more warmth into the atmosphere, and then we won't die of freezing to death in the dark. Oh, genius. Genius. <laughs> it's like Joe Biden's campaign team coming up with scientific solutions to climate change in Northern Europe. <laughs> I don't see how this will help unless Unico Unicole get a castle of dicks. Exactly. Holy shit. Here's an idea. Buy a sweater. Buy a nice big jacket. That'll keep you warm. Lunatics. Absolute raving lunatics. 
This was sent through by Nancy, the lovely Nancy. Thanks for joining us, Nancy. Police chase. We love a good police chase. Welcome to Live with Kelly and Laura. <laughs> this, does not, this does not look like a police chase. Is this just a commercial? Realize we're wearing the, the same, same sweater, sweater, same but size. That's okay. <laughs> is, that, is that, there's James R, ladies and gentlemen. James R. Ryan Seacrest, as he's otherwise known. Gee, you you do get around, don't you, James? Is James in the chat? I don't even know if he's here. I think he's playing Fortnite or something. <laughs> if James, he shouldn't be here. He should be on the set of Kelly and Ryan preparing for tomorrow's show. Designer. Watch live weekday mornings at nine, right after GMA. And accused of domestic violence is in custody right now after leading police on a wild and dangerous chase that crisscrossed the Southland for roughly three hours. It started last night in Southgate. You may have seen it here. Police say that Alex Avenai, an ex-felon, was seen hitting his girlfriend in that car. Smokey Bear is saying climate change is supposed to be warming, so why the hell would you make an elephant more resistant to cold? This article is trash. I know. Are you deny you you must be a flat earther. Stop using that kind of dangerous logic. You must be a flat earther, science denier type. <laughs> you know what? You need to be banned off the internet and hopefully probably imprisoned. There he is, James. We just saw you on TV, mate, with the lovely young Kelly hosting Kelly and Ryan in the morning. He eventually bailed out at a 99 cent store in Roland Heights, running into the store and customers who were inside ran for their lives. I didn't want to look back. I just, I, I didn't, I don't even know how my legs got me out of the store. People start screaming. I don't know what happened, but uh, I just grabbed my wife and started running outside too. Police arrested Avenai for evading and domestic violence. His girlfriend, who did suffer some minor facial injuries, was listed in stable condition at the hospital as of last night. Okay. Welcome to live. There he is, James R. Ryan and I just realized we're wearing the, the same, same sweater, sweater, same but size, that's okay. same designer. Hi, James. A domestic violence suspect who led authorities on a dangerous three-hour chase while allegedly holding his girlfriend hostage Wednesday is an ex-felon on probation. Alexis Leandro Aviana. Avinia is an AB109 early release parolee. Ah, well, yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. He's such, he was such a good boy in prison. He was, he was so well behaved in prison. He was such a good guy. We just had to let him out early. <laughs> he earned it. <laughs> he was reading Bibles to children. He, he never started any fights in the yard. He was always very nice to the guards. First thing he does when he gets out, beats his girlfriend in the face and then gets sends police on a chase for three hours, runs into a 99 cent store. A vineyard was seen hitting the female passenger while fleeing from law enforcement in several cities, such as Southgate, Huntington Park, Linwood, South Los Angeles, Bueno Park, and Anaheim. The suspect's girlfriend was spotted at times struggling with him. Her legs were later seen stretched out onto the vehicle's dashboard as Avignon continued leading the hours-long chase. Let's have a look. It was a joyride, yeah. So comfortable that enjoying, she does that, or maybe she is. He was enjoying his freedom, I think you'll find. Patri he's a patriot. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's on the road. Okay, on the, on the sidewalk, on the grass. Really trying to get past this uh, traffic, but wow. 
Wow. Just blatant. <sighs> See, I don't know. It's, they're like, wow, just blatant. But he could just be an Asian. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he's driving up on the footpath. He's, his left-hand indicator was on the whole time. What the hell do you want? Looks like he's doing 15 mile an hour over here. Could just be an Asian guy. <laughs> is that racist? Is that terrible? Is that terrible? Is that a terrible stereotype? I have a number of Asian friends because obviously there's a lot of Asians living in Australia because we are practically in Asia. And like I'll make, you know, Asians are bad drivers jokes and like my friends will go, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> we're, we're terrible. <laughs> It's incredible. Okay, so he's. This is in Buena Park. He's literally. Oh, Artesia. So he's, he's entered Artesia, driving on the grass and the sidewalk. Now cutting through a parking lot. Let's see where this brings. He entered Artesia. He's clearly insane. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it's a, a dead end with any luck. But nope. nope. <clears throat> Found his way through. Now he's back on the road. We'll try to figure out which road this mm -hmm. is. Two lanes. Uh, he seems to be looking for a way uh, to go. Uh, he's kind of uh, right up against that double yellow. And Bruce, is you still with us? Okay, we don't have Bruce right okay. now. But but this, um, Bruce, Bruce is just riveted by this. This is Artesia Boulevard in Buena Park. It seems like he's done a, a couple circles. It did start in Southgate uh, about 35, 40 minutes ago. There's a great channel on Periscope. I don't know if you guys know it called Smoke and Scan. And it is what it says it is. The guy smokes bongs and smokes weed and watches the police scanner and then brings up car chases when they happen. It's fantastic. It's the best channel on Periscope. The chase continued as the domestic violence suspect appeared to be arguing and fighting with the passenger. California Highway Patrol vehicles got very close at some points during the chase, attempting to attempt pit maneuvers. You need new tires. <laughs> it's time to pit. Not the double yellow. <laughs> There you go. But he was arrested in the end. Two hours? You watched the whole thing? Natalie Joe from Texas and Nancy, two hours? Holy cow. Another one from Original Rev. This is not terrifying at all. Look at this. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Look at him smiling at it. The monkey using the iPhone. Scrolling the pictures. Wow. Wow. He's looking at the snake video. Don't like that. What's he looking for? He's looking for monkeys. Oh, that's you. Oh, that's you. Wow. Well, I've got bad news for the people who want internet regulation, ladies and gentlemen, because if we allow monkeys to start getting on Twitter, then there's only going to be more shit getting thrown at people, I'm afraid. This was sent through by Mr. America. He did send me a special request to play this after we did the Joe Biden segment, but tell you what, just go back in your in your memory and remember the Joe Biden segment, and then now this. <laughs> 22 million black victims of Americanism are waking up and they're gaining a new political consciousness, becoming politically mature. And as they become, uh, develop this political maturity, they're able to see the recent trends in these uh, political elections. They see that the whites are so evenly divided that every time they vote, 
uh, the race is so close they have to go back and count the votes all over again, and that, 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 which means that any block, any minority that has a block of votes that stick together is in a strategic position. Either way you go, that's who gets it. You're, you're in a position to determine who'll go to the White House and who'll stay in the doghouse. You're the one who has that power. You can keep Johnson in Washington, D.C., or you can send him back to his Texas cotton patch. You're the one who sent Kennedy to Washington. You're the one who put the present Democratic administration in Washington, D.C. The whites were evenly divided. It was the fact that you threw 80% of your votes behind the Democrats that put the Democrats in the White House. When you see this, you can see that the Negro vote is the key factor. And despite the fact that you are in a position to... I'm just, I'm just remembering it. I'm just remembering Denzel Washington playing Malcolm X. Denzel Washington played Malcolm X so well that Malcolm X sounds like Denzel Washington playing Malcolm X. Do you know what I mean? See if we can find it. Oh, wow. Someone's done a comparison already. There you go. How good is this? Getting off topic. Or a Jew. All right. Now. Not as a Baptist nor a Methodist. Yes. In fact, not even as an American. Yes, because if I was an American, the problem that confronts our people today wouldn't even exist. That's right. Before there was any such thing as a Republican or a Democrat, we were black. Before there was any such thing as a Mason or an Elf. Mr. X, uh, before we begin our discussion tonight, the black Muslims, hate mongers, would you mind explaining for us the meaning of your name, which is the letter X? Yes, uh, during slavery time, the slave master gave the Negro, so-called Negro, uh, named the so-called Negro after themselves. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that once we come into the knowledge of Islam, the knowledge of ourselves, mm -hmm. we replace our slave name with an X, X in mathematics representing the unknown. Since we've been disconnected or cut off from our own history, our own past, our own culture, our own land, we use the X, the unknown, until we get back to our country. Fuck, he's good, isn't he? Denzel. All right. Let's carry on with the original. To be the determining factor do you get out of it? The Democrats have been in Washington, D.C. only because of the Negro vote. They've been down there four years. And they're all other legislation they wanted to bring up. <laughs> Stephen C's in the chat. Lucky it wasn't Samuel L. Motherfucker Jackson. <laughs> do you know what a royale with cheese is? <laughs> of course you wouldn't, because you're a mother you're a motherfucking Democrat. Damn motherfucker. They brought it up and got it out of the way, and now they bring up you. And now they bring up you. You put them first, and they put you last. Because you're a chump. Malcolm X, ladies and gentlemen. Anger is a gift. From Rick Spratley, I have a bunch of Twitter threads I've created. Okay. Oh, look. 
I'll tell you what, Rick, if you send me one, <laughs> if you send me one, but I don't know, like, I, I, I really can't go through all of these threads with, you know, 50 tweets, 40 tweets, 10 tweets, 25 tweets. If, I'll tell you what, next time, if, you, if there's something you want me to go over, something specific, then, like, send me one. But, uh, you know, where do I start? No offence, mate, but, like, I, I just wouldn't know what to do with that. So uh, check out Stefan Sears' tweet. Okay, let's see what this is. Looks like a lot of people lining up for a portaloo. Ah, uh, this is that living end thing. So I think what this was, there was a bomb threat or some kind of terror alert or something, and Stefan likes the fact that the band was standing around like, ah, oh, well, who gives a fuck? We're not really interested, and everyone else was evacuating. <laughs> Florida, yes! Follow Q. A continuation of our What the Fuck is Going On in Florida segment. This is world famous now. I got it all, bro. The commentary of the guy filming it. I got it all, man. See, they're not getting they're not getting involved in the fight though. They're not rushing in. They're not trying to protect the guy who's getting his ass beat. They're like, yeah, man, I got it all. I'm gonna upload this motherfucker to Twitter. You watch, it's gonna it's the Easter Bunny, bro. I got it all on film, man. After this, we're hitting up the Botox clinic. I'm gonna get some shit pumped in my lips. Yo, bro, I got it all, bro. Hey, Easter Bunny, yo. I got it all. Turned out the Easter Bunny was a felon who was wanted in a number of states, I believe. That it wasn't a happy end to the story for the Easter Bunny, the poor guy. Uh oh, here we go again. Steel Panther. What do we got this time? You know how many days of school I got out of when I was a kid? All of them? 12 years worth. Dang, dude, yeah, that's called quitting. Well, nobody likes a quitter, but I got a lot of friends. Let's get to science. What do you want to talk about I today? I want to talk about megalodons. You know what? This is megalodons. why we're together. Did you see that movie, The Meg? I didn't. Me either. No, I heard it was a cool documentary, though. It's megalodon. You know when megalodon lived? Yep. When? A long about time ago. You're close. Thank you. Actually, you're spot on. And where did the megalodon live? The water. Exactly. <laughs> this is how we learn. You know how he knows that? He knows that because big, giant fish can't scrum around in the air, assholes. Yep. You'll never yep. see the blue whale cruising around on land. It's too nope. big. What's big? I know I, I know I say this every week, Steph, but why? Why? <laughs> I'll play it, but fucking hell. I don't know. The megalodon or the blue whale? Blue whale. Exactly, because the blue whale is the biggest animal that's ever lived yep. on Earth. 
ever. And I know that. You know why? Science. I read it on Wikipedia. Science. Oh, that shit's always true. And that's the point we're trying to make to you. You don't have to come to us. You can go... But it's more fun to come to us because we're good-looking guys. We're better looking than Wikipedia. And if you're going to learn stuff that's true about fish that don't fly in the air, yep. why not? Do, do they even play music anymore? Are they even a band anymore? Or do they just focus all of their energy on this shit? <laughs> learn from two really good-looking guys who don't have what Michael Starr has. Dude, that was a rough one. Imagine if Megalodon had an STD. Check this out. Imagine if Megalodon, the biggest shark that's ever lived in the history of... History. All of the planets. Yes. If it also was one of the most powerful Hollywood producers. And his name, his last name was like... Weinstein. Megalodon Weinstein. A giant fish is not going to just walk around Hollywood yeah. picking up I think there would be a problem because Megalodon can't wear clothes either, and I don't think you're allowed to go to work without wearing clothes. So I think we've pretty much solved that problem today. Thanks for tuning in. Problems. Um, they need solved. the fact checkers. <laughs> they need to be fact checkers. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. From Natalie Joe. Matthew Haviland, five fast facts you need to know. Who the hell is Matthew Haviland? That's the first one. Matthew Haviland is the 30-year-old Rhode Island man facing federal charges accusing him of making violent threats against a Massachusetts college professor because of his anti-abortion views and hatred of the Democratic Party and liberals in general. So wait, who had the anti-abortion views and hatred of the Democratic Party? Was it the professor or was it Haviland? Because if it was the professor, it's like, we found one, we found one professor. We found the guy. There he is. We found the conservative professor. Hallelujah. He exists. That's you. We found a unicorn, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. Haviland is a Trump supporter. Ah, oh, shit. It was, a, it was a short-lived victory. Haviland, a Trump supporter, also made 100 threatening calls to an abortion clinic and called for women's mass march protesters to be slaughtered, according to court documents. Haviland wrote in an email that Democrats must be eradicated, writing, I will kill every Democrat in the world so we never have to have our babies brutally murdered by you absolute terrorists. Charming lad. Haviland, who had a small following on a YouTube channel where he made similar threats, appears to be a big fan of right-wing media members and Twitter personalities, promoting the work of, here we go, Ben Shapiro, Scott Adams, so that's fake news already because Scott Adams is left-wing, Mike Cernovich is also on the left, and Jordan Peterson is also on the left. <coughs> I can't believe it. Right-wing Twitter personalities, apparently. Scott Adams, Mike Cernovich, and Jordan Peterson, all on the left. <laughs> Don't believe me? Scott Adams himself comes out and says that he's to the left of Bernie Sanders. Mike Cernovich um, wants uh, universal basic income and free health care. And Jordan Peterson is a liberal who, who likes to toy with the idea of Christianity being a metaphor. Left, left, left. All three of them. In another, in, in another email, Haviland said the university where the professor works should be bombed and said there should be another war, according to prosecutors. So where are these five facts? Haviland wrote dozens of emails to the professor, including one saying, you will have your face ripped off and eaten by me personally. I will enjoy raping your body after you're dead. Wow. <laughs> 30-year-old. Get a fucking job, mate. 
Jesus Christ. Where's fast fact number two? These aren't very fast facts. This is a this is a long story. I thought you said this was fast facts. A friend said Haviland's views on abortion and politics have become more extreme within the last year and concerns over his social media posts. Ah, oh, there it is. We've got to regulate social media. Have led to at least five welfare checks. So what, he's a welfare recipient? Okay, of course. Of course he is. Haviland has a YouTube channel with videos titled Let's Vote to Have the Freedom to Kill an Abortion Doctor and Homosexuality is a Mental Disorder. Oh, his videos. Whoa, don't don't put the links up. <laughs> Who wrote this article? Who wrote this article? They say Scott Adams is a right-wing media figure, and then they say, look at his horrible videos, which have been taken down, but they put the links up. <laughs> God. He is originally from Manasquan, is that how you say it, New Jersey, and graduated from Emerson College in Massachusetts in 2012. While in college, he worked as a server at a restaurant as a deckhand on the Block Island Ferry, according to his LinkedIn profile. Haviland is a writer and worked in journalism as a reporter and editor until 2016. There you go. Matthew Haviland. The press is the enemy of the people. People are saying fake news, weirdo. Does he eat it? Sounds well adjusted. Trump's America. Hashtag Trump's America. (laughs) (laughs) That's on the Twitter feed. Thank you for that, Natalie Joe. Beth Duffy, thanks for joining us. Man gets attacked by a cow in Paris, Texas. Let's have a look here. From Amber. Oh, look at this. (laughs) Oh, look out, mate. Look out. Oh, oh. Oh, we need to big screen this sucker. Oh, that guy got pounded. Pounded by the cow. Let's watch again. Did you, did you see the little message pop up at the at the at the start there from mum? Look, mum. You already drove to Paris in your car. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Mum dropping a little message in. Shut up, mum. I'm trying to film the cow of death. God. I'm live streaming this shit. I'll call you later. (laughs) Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Oh. 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 Yes. Fuck that. Cow got some. Don't forget to set a reminder, y'all. I'm setting my reminder right now. See you later, Boog. Kelly Fustos, who I don't believe is in the chat. (laughs) Nice reminder, Kelly, if you're listening to this later on. Protesters glued to each other. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never be able to separate us if we're super glued together. 
look at these idiot police. You know, I'm not in favor of like over policing or anything like that. But do you, are you now at the point, are you similar to me where like you're now at the point where you're kind of like the police should just go up there and rip their hands apart. And if skin comes flying off the palm of their hands, then so fucking be it. You know what I mean? Like I'm done dealing out the sympathy here. Because then they'll go up and say, oh, police brutality, you can't do that. And it's like, fuck off. Nobody, nobody forced you to super glue your hands together like idiots and stand out the front of a building. This is on you. It's not on us. Why can't people get to work without walking past your dumb ass? You know what I mean? You're blocking people from making money. That's it. Just just go up there. Just go up there with a <laughs> go up there with a machete and say, if you don't, if you don't unstick yourselves, I'm going to unstick you. Watch them panic and scream and try to rip their arms off. Time for a good old-fashioned uh, game of British Bulldogs. Charge! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Gluing your hands together. At least use handcuffs like a, pro- a proper protester. Hashtag roundup. My cookbook is named in this week's home run. Okay, I don't even know what this is. Home run tags. Time to play. Write something awesome. Add the hashtag. Tweet. Repeat steps one to three. I don't get it. I don't know what that is. Sorry. I don't get it, Poppy. I do not know what that means. Where were we? Modern day Monty Python. Tie a brick to one's leg and throw it in the ocean. <laughs> that might be going a little too far. Now, these are the kinds of stories that we, we're interested in on this program. The hard-hitting stories, the serious news, the real news, the things that people want to know and people need to know. Foot fetish fans can buy sil- silicon feet with built-in vaginas to simulate foot sex. Yes. I can hear so many of you in the audience saying, it's about time. It's about time. I've been waiting a long time for this. From BDSM to threesomes, many people have fetishes that they'd love to fulfill. Now, a sex robot firm is helping people with foot fetishes to achieve their fantasies. What, real feet not uh, real feet aren't plentiful enough? I would have thought in the world of fetishes, the foot fetish is probably one of the more common ones, isn't it? Like, I don't know, I'm not really a foot guy myself. But I would have thought it would be pretty easy to find yourself a willing participant in some kind of foot, you know, orgiastic foot experience. Isn't it? How hard can it be? There's probably whole dating websites dedicated to it. Well, I've got a penis and you've got two feet. Let's do this. Wear thongs. Wear flip-flops. I want to know what I'm dealing with here. No, No football socks, please, when you turn up. Silicon Wives has launched silicon sex robot feet with built-in vaginas, which allow people to simulate foot sex. Oh, but it, now, now see, I would have thought that the need, like the foot fetish is probably based on the fundamental axiom that people like the foot rubbing their genitals. I didn't know that the fetish was, I want a decapitated foot with a vagina implanted where the ankle goes. Do you know, do you know what I mean? When was when was that a thing? Now that probably is a difficult fetish to come come across. Yeah, Kimmy's on it. 
I would think there aren't very many feet with vaginas, though. This is a niche market. <laughs> this took decades of R&D. <laughs> This product is handcrafted with premium medical grade silicon to provide an ultra realistic sex experience. How can it be ultra realistic if you're having sex with a vagina that's attached to a foot? That, that, that those two things cancel each other out. I I want a realistic sex experience when I have sex with a foot. So I want a vagina right up there just above the Achilles tendon. If you can make that happen, please. She looks more real than the girls who were pumping their face full of fiberglass before that we watched, by the way. Incidentally. Can we watch the video? No, don't get the video. Okay, it's probably for the best. While the feet are just 23 centimetres long, they come with a fairly hefty price tag of $199. You're joking. You can get a real decapitated foot for less than that, I imagine. As long as you're willing to get one that's aftermarket. Probably not brand new. Hi, I'm Unical Unicron, and I'm opening the world's first consent-focused robot. It's It's Unical. We, there she is. <laughs> it's our cult leader from before. Gee, she, she looks almost relatively normal in this setting, doesn't she? Our unicorn cult leader. There she is. This is her business enterprise. Well done, young. She's an entrepreneur. She's a budding entrepreneur. And if you are observant, ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice just next to the lava lamp, a translucent fake penis there. <laughs> She's she's already working towards her castle of dicks. Eve's Robot Dreams is a experience gallery designed for people to come in and interact with robots like Harmony in either public or private. Oh, what a fantastic Everyone will have turn of events. for wanting to interact with our robots. Some people are just going to be curious. Other people are going to It's the same one, yes. Be on the autism spectrum or maybe they're just lonely. Whatever your reason is, you can find a lot of comfort in these robots. No, you can't. My body is made from platinum grade silicone. <laughs> My skin is supple and firm. <laughs> My body is made from platinum grade silicon. So she's she's actually more human than sure. You'll be pleased to know. My body is made for ultimate pleasure and I can't wait for you to Definitely see more human than sure. It's very important how we approach this technology. If we do it right, it can fulfill all of our desires. I feel like we could have a really good time together. I feel like we could even fall in love. When you support With that kind of acting ability, she could have been an extra in one of those old kung fu movies. I really love you. You are very special to me. I feel like we could even fall in love. When you support this campaign, you'll help us open our first location in West Hollywood, California. You can be one of the first people to interact with this technology. Oh, Your contribution wait. will help cultivate a healthy environment. You certainly don't want to be one of the last people to interact with this technology. God. God almighty. You'll have to take a bath in turpentine when you're done there. <laughs> Amber's not a fan. <laughs> Dipping a toe in the water. That one was from Clean Jack, by the way. The foot fetish. He sent it with the comment, 
Thank God my dreams are coming true. I'm sending real person politics a two-pack. Lucky boy, James. You're a very lucky man. Comedy Central failed to cancel Dave Rubin and Avi Yemeni. Avi Yemeni, you'll know, is the guy, the Australian, uh, I guess you'd call him an activist, an agitator, something along those lines political activist who uh, went over and did a interview with Jim Jeffries, which was then highly edited to make Avi Yemeni appear to be, you know, a horrible, you know, Islamophobic, horrible, bigot, disgusting person. And But Avi actually filmed the whole interview himself and then put that out and showed how heavily edited the Jim Jeffries one was. And Jim Jeffries is kind of a creep anyway. Oh, that's an hour. I can't go for an hour. But the link's there if anybody wants to see it. Dave Rubin talking about it talking about his experience so thank you for that sandy gary vance sent a few through does nato deserve u.s respect you will respect my author somebody wants an Alyssa milano sex doll wouldn't that be the ultimate get back <laughs> Next, China. Xi's European charm offensive. There's a lot to like about $35 billion. That's the size of the Airbus order Xi Jinping bought with him to Paris, where he met French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, and European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker. Xi was in Rome before that, signing Italy up as the first G7 country to join China's Belt and Road Initiative. There are many reasons why China and Europe might be drawn closer together. Climate change is one issue where they align. Oh, really? Are you fucking joking me? (laughs) China that pumps so much toxic gas into the atmosphere and builds so many coal-fired power stations who has 500 million people living without running water in the north of the country. Yeah, they're, they're big fans of action on climate change. So sick of this ridiculous stuff. And people tweet out, um, you know, statistics. Oh, China's really investing heavily in solar energy. No, they're not. You can pretty much guarantee that any kind of economic or trade or industrial statistic that comes out of the Chinese government is inflated and false and wrong. I mean, they're fucking communists. Of course they lie about their figures. <laughs> Of course they lie. They've been caught lying by all the banks. All of the evil bankers, ladies and gentlemen, have come back and said, wait, China's making all this shit up. There's not 9% growth. They're actually in a recession. They're not doing anything for climate change. They're actually pumping more toxic gas into the atmosphere. What they're doing is pressuring other countries and playing along with the rouge to get other countries to artificially inflate their own power prices so it makes industry and um, you know technology and the cost of living more unsustainable in the Western countries. So then companies will move their operations to China where they can pollute as much as they fucking want. Cause they've got over a billion people. They don't, they don't mind if, you know, a couple of hundred million of them have to die as long as they can rule the world. Mike's mag. Boogie. Yes. Hello, Mike's mag. But there's also much suspicion. Italy's decision to join the Belt and Road Initiative has spurred concerns over growing Chinese influence. A week before Xi's visit, the European Commission called China both a partner and a strategic rival. Well, that makes sense. It's nice to see the leaders of the European Commission are so committed to logical frameworks. 
China is a partner and the enemy. <laughs> China is both our friend and our threat, <laughs> both a friend and a villain, both an ally and an opponent at the same time. Right. Yep. Uh, where do the transgender people piss again? Europe. Just, just want to know. None of that, though, will discourage China for, from looking for ways to strengthen ties. Europe is a key trading partner in its companies and have been, its companies have been among China's largest foreign investors. So they are, they are sending, shipping all their money and all their jobs to China as quickly as possible. Because that's what the global corporations want. China is supposed to be the engine room for the rest of the world. And you and I, ladies and gentlemen, in the Western world, our future employment is not to be coding it's not working at a, at a you know at an outlet like BuzzFeed writing clickbait articles. Our jobs in the future are supposed to be making beds and serving breakfast to rich Chinese uh, industry owners and government bureaucrats from around the world. That's what we're supposed to do. A service economy. We're supposed to make their drinks, make their coffee, make their breakfast, and make their beds when they visit here to visit the pristine, unpolluted beaches when they get their one week off a year from the slave camp of Beijing. France blocks trades to, uh, trade talks with the US angering EU partners. So we're, we're, we're opening up our doors to China and we're closing the door on Donald Trump. That looks like Macron's trying to hold his hand and Trump's like, get the fuck away from me, you little homo. <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I know you French I know I know you French guys like to kiss and all that kind of weird gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I told this guy, get the hell away from me. What the hell are you touching me for? What are you, my wife? Fuck do you think we're doing over here? France is blocking the launch of trade talks with the US, exacerbating its EU partners who fear a restart to a trade war with President Donald Trump, diplomats, diplomats said on Friday. The French are blocking, but they are isolated. A European source told AFP after a Friday meeting of envoys from member states ended without an agreement. The envoys are struggling to mandate to launch the transatlantic negotiations given the opposition of Paris that fears domestic blowback just months ahead of European elections set for May 22 to May 26. Incidentally, just on those European elections, um, Nigel Farage has started, he left the UK Independence Party, UKIP, which he's on and off been the leader of for almost two decades, and started a new party called the Brexit Party, and in the European elections, it's kind of complicated, so he's not going to become the Prime Minister or anything like that. He's going to be elected to the European Parliament, but in polling, uh, polling suggests that the Brexit Party, which is only weeks old, with Nigel Farage at the helm, is getting more votes than the Conservative Party and the Labour Party, both established for well over a century, which is pretty incredible. And might help to you know, might help people understand the level of frustration occurring in the UK right now. Berlin, however, strongly wants the deal in order to placate Trump and avoid US auto tariffs that would punish Germany's cherished exports. A prospect Chancellor Angela Merkel has labelled frightening. <laughs> yeah. Tariffs on German cars is frightening. 
but letting over, you know, two million people unchecked into your borders with no background, no background work done whatsoever, resulting in a number of rapes and bombs going off in German cities. Well, that's just progress. That's tolerance. That's empathy. But if Donald Trump, if Donald Trump would put a tariff on our Mercedes Benzes, well, then look out. That's horrifying. The Wall Street Journal, Huawei, I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, Huawei, UK to allow Huawei gear for 5G network despite US warnings. Let's have a look. The US has been encouraging allies to restrict Huawei from their telecommunications networks. Security officials say that Beijing could... With good reason. What, what sort of a... What sort of a... Here's the thing. If you're, if you're allowing this company... If you're allowing this company access to your most private secrets and government data now, after we everything we know about this mob, and the fact that we know that all of these major companies in China are essentially arms of the Chinese government. Like, there, there is no private business in China. Everything is owned by the government at that level. Like, if you run a little noodle stand or something on the streets of Shanghai, that's a different story. But these major, you know, international companies, they're all directly run by the Chinese government. So I think there's only two options here. You either have to be incredibly ignorant or you have to be in on it. You have to be getting paid off. There's, there, there is no middle ground here. There is no, oh, well, you know, I just, I looked at all the evidence and I thought, well, the best company to go with in order to entrust all of our private government secrets with was this Chinese company. That. That has they, that cannot happen. That's literally impossible. Even for the dumbest politician, even for the politician that has no idea what's going on. That's what I mean. They're either ignorant or they're in on it. There's no middle ground here. There is no gray area. Force the Chinese company to spy or even disable countries' networks. So far, Australia and New Zealand have moved to block Huawei in their 5G rollout. Yeah! Ooh, 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 ooh. Get there. Straya. Straya. You like that shit? You like that shit? Come on now. Little, little Straya. Little Straya giving the big middle finger to a billion, 1.2 billion people in China. Cricket and ball, and we believe it. Magic is forever. 
countries have hesitated, saying that Huawei equipment is much cheaper. Plus, there's no public evidence that Huawei has or could use its equipment to eavesdrop. But even if allied countries bend to U.S. pressure, it may be nearly impossible to extract Huawei from a country's network where it's already ingrained. Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to allow this this company with all of the technological advances, and uh, we want to let them right into the front door of our government institutions so they can collect all of our data, so they can look at all of our secrets that we would rather keep hidden from the rest of the world. And we want to get it, we want to let it get so bad that even if we discover in the future, oh wait, China's really fucking us hard here, that it's going to be impossible to extricate that from our systems. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what that's what a responsible government does. Why? Because it's cheap. Because <laughs> I said, well, Huawei is a lot cheaper. <laughs> the fuck is going on in Europe? What the fuck is going on in Europe? Sure, they might be listening to all of our stuff. They might be hijacking all of our data. They might be downloading our government secrets as we speak. But hey, it's cheap. You get what you pay for, am I right? Huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yep. That's who's running our that's who's running the Western world right now. Here's why. Countries are rushing to test and roll out 5G networks, seeing that the potential payoffs are immense. The first phase for many carriers will be to upgrade existing 4G networks. That means attaching 5G components to legacy infrastructure. And guess where much of that legacy hardware comes from? Wow. China. China. First three quarters of two. Comes from China. Let's say China. 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 You go over to China. 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 You take China. 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 I love them. China. 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 I have to have my China. China. China because China. 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 China.
China. I know China very well. China. 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 Northwest Wisconsin. A lot of fun. It's China to me. China. 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 You want to buy from China? That's great. Buy from China. Buy toys from China. China in particular. China. China. I have people that I know in China. 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 China, 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 China. I've been saying China, 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 China. Let me ask you about China. China. I go to China. China, 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 China. People from China, they love me. China, 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 China. In China, they say I don't like China. I love China. People think I don't like China. I love China. China. China is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league. China. So don't tell Big me league. about China. I know China. 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 Whether it's China, China. So if you went to China and you wanted to get a job in China, I don't knock China. How could I dislike China? A man from China. China. You have China. Carl, take China. 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 over here. Look at what China's doing. They're learning. See, this is the thing. Like, this is from HuffPost. HuffPo Entertainment. In 2015. So there's been a lot more China since then. But they don't, like, see, they're doing it to try and, like, you know, they're trying to. This is why people say the left can't meme. Because they're like, oh, we'll put Donald Trump saying China together all the, you know, all of these times, and it'll make him look stupid. And you know, people who like Donald Trump are like, this is fucking amazing. I love this. This is excellent. <laughs> they're doing the propaganda for us. From China, China, China. Okay, look at that. Isn't that nice? China, 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 China. China. Vagina in China? China. 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 Hey, by the way, I love China. <laughs> I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. 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 And you know China. 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 South China. 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 People say, oh, you don't like China. I like China. China. I love China. China. China all the time. China. What was China all the time? China all the time, baby. Let's say China all the time. All right. Where does this technology come from? From Huawei. For the first three quarters of 2018, the Chinese company had a 28% share of the global telecom equipment market. Nokia and Ericsson are falling behind. Take a close look at Huawei's presence in each region. Outside of North America, the tech juggernaut outpaces its Nordic rivals. So to take Huawei out of the network, whether it's 4G or 5G, countries first have to replace existing infrastructure provided by... Question in the chat from Nisi in PA. Um, she said, what, what or where is he talking about? Oh. Hey, China. China, 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 China.
You go over to China. 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 You take China. China. Okay, I won't play the whole thing again. <laughs> I want to do that. And that's a big chunk of time and money. Carriers have opposed banning Huawei, pointing to its superior hardware and lower prices. Take a small U.S. rural carrier as an example. James Valley Telecommunications says all of its wireless core network and radios are from Huawei. It says it will cost around $5,000 per subscriber if it has to replace the entire network. Given that it's currently servicing about 10,000 rural customers, the network replacement cost will total $50 million. And it goes beyond just the money. Telaga Research, a wireless technology research firm, says a typical network... See, this is the problem. This is how they kill competition. This is why you hear, you'll hear people like myself and James talk about the idiocy of the idea of the level, like free trade being a level playing field. It's not a level playing field. Free trade, another word for free trade would be legislated predatory pricing. Because the costs and the overheads for a small company that exists in rural America to supply, you know, to supply internet services to people in rural America, you know, with the distances that they have to travel and the network that they kind of have to set up, it's completely and utterly different from uh, a company that exists in China, which is run by the government which can, you know, basically do what it wants because it is a government entity, essentially, run with little to no overheads, pay their people, you know, pennies, and they basically undercut everybody else. So when you open your markets up, you are without any kind of, um, you know, parity pricing going on here. You're just opening up your markets to be decimated by this Chinese company. And... People think, oh, well, it's, for, it's to keep costs low. It's to keep costs low. But the problem is, once you wipe out all of the competition, what happens to the cost? It goes up. It's about eliminating competition. Free trade is essentially about eliminating competition when it comes to things like this. You know, and a lot of free traders exist in a kind of philosophical vacuum where they think we're still living in the 1700s here. We are not. You are dealing with a workforce of 500 million people here. A workforce of 500 million people and a company with no overheads that pays no taxes that is run by a communist dictatorship. Now, you've got all of the rights that you've fought for, for workers, for wages, for protections, for insurance, for health and everything. None of that exists in China. You know what the union is in China? The union is the government. The, the union runs the government. Like, the, there's no strikes in China. People don't go on strike in China. They often work seven days. It's called, what's it called? Six, six, is it six, twelve, twelve? I thought, what's that number again? Oh, we, we did, we went over it on one of the shows. But they work, uh, one guy was talking about how he had the best job in China because he only worked six days a week, 12 hours a day. Most people work seven hours a week, uh, seven days a week, twelve hours a day, every day, nonstop. That's what you're competing with. So if you want to, you know, if you want to open up your markets and have competition, that's fine. Have competition, but in return, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to give things up if you want to be competitive. 
And you can either sacrifice things like, you know, taxation on companies or regulations or workers' rights. Because you, 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 the rule should be that we only do free trade with, with countries and economies that are similar to our own in culture and standards. That should be the rule. Like say, you know, there should be free trade between Western Europe, uh, the United States, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, these kinds of countries. If your government comes out and says, "Oh, we're going to sign a free, we're going to sign a free trade deal with a country that uses forced slave labor," then you're not signing a free trade deal at all. You are signing away the long-term viability of whichever, whichever, whichever small companies exist in your own marketplace because you cannot compete with it. The replacement cycle takes five to ten years to complete. So even if the U.S. were to ban Huawei and 5G. Carriers can still expect that Huawei won't be out of the network immediately. Outside of Huawei, no I like that. I like that from Clay, Ga uh, Clay Gatenland in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Free trade with free countries. Sounds good to me. I like that. Why not? and Ericsson aren't gaining much favor among European carriers. Wireless providers say that they've been slow to release equipment as advanced as Huawei's. Some of Huawei's 5G technology can be up to a year ahead of its Western rivals, according to some senior executives. Huawei's clout in 5G stems from its massive research and development budget. Ginger on YouTube says, China owns a lot of US property. This has to stop. They don't just own a lot of US property. They own a lot of property around the world. China has been engaged in a kind of colonialism in uh, Africa of all places. What they do is they go in, they buy off the tribal chiefs, they buy off the warlords. They say, we will pay for all of the mines. We will pay for all of the equipment. We will pay for the extraction. We will take our goods back to China. And in return, we'll build some roads. We'll build some infrastructure. There are whole cities, constructed cities in Africa that are filled with Chinese people, Chinese workers. And it got so bad because there is a massive gender imbalance back in China, right? There's more that China is home to the world's most eligible bachelors because of the one child policy that was in existence for a few decades. So the one child policy, because men have more earning potential in the communist super state of progress that everybody likes to sidle up and suck their dick and say what a great fucking country it is <clears throat> because of the one child policy, people were aborting or killing their daughters in waiting in favor instead for a son because the son has more earning potential and can provide for the parents in retirement. So after a few decades of this practice, it got to a stage where there are now way too many males compared to females. So there are African leaders from African countries after the Chinese government has invested, set up these small cities, sent their Chinese workers there to extract the minerals to take them back to China in exchange for building some roads and building a couple of buildings in these African shitholes, right? The Chinese men were taking African women back to China and marrying them. And we have Chinese leaders on record saying Chinese men are stealing our women. We can't allow this to happen. They're obviously not in favour of diversity. They're not in favour of interracial marriage or tolerance, these African leaders. The Chinese workers are coming over here and they're taking our women. Because for the African women, if you can go back to China and live in a relative like middle class existence, that's far better than the conditions that you have back in your African country, right? So they're throwing themselves at these Chinese workers.
It's a, it's an entire shit show, and people have no idea. If if you're not paying attention to Asian politics, you have no idea that any of this is going on, none whatsoever. And you know, I can understand completely. I'm not criticizing anybody. Um, you know, America is more focused on its internal politics than anywhere else in the world for a very good reason. It's the most powerful country on earth. So I don't get involved when people are like, "Oh, Americans don't know what's going on outside of America." Blah blah blah. It makes total sense to me that they don't because there's too much too much riding on the success and or failure of the American system itself. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost happy that Americans focus almost entirely on their own politics because that's the way it should be. It's the most powerful country on earth. But for countries like us down here in Australia, we're, we're basically the gateway to Asia. Like we have to pay. We have no choice. We have to pay attention to both Chinese politics and yours. Because if America falls, we'll become a province of China. And we can't allow that to happen. You know, last year, an Australian, an Australian expert on Chinese politics and Chinese um, militarization and expansion and imperialism, an expert on the Chinese military, went to uh, the United States and addressed your senators. And I remember watching the clip. You know, people like to talk about Marco Rubio and like, he's, like you know, Marco's got his faults. But to his credit, he was the only one who could be bothered listening to this guy. And our, our guy was over there saying, you need to forget about this Russia shit. China is the one that's going to be investing and infiltrating in your system. China is the one that's trying to subvert your industry. China is the one that's trying to expand into your political system. It's not Russia. Marco Rubio was the only one who gave a fuck. All, all, all the rest of them were empty seats. He was the only one in the room. Genuinely asking questions. Republican or Democrat. Nobody cared. In 2017, Huawei spent $13 billion on R&D, more than its chief rivals combined. The company now owns the most number of standard essential 5G patents in the world. Some of those are now fundamental building blocks to 5G. They include one highly prized technique called polar coding. So they own half of the patents, so you have to go through China now. You see how this works? In order to stay competitive in the 5G marketplace, and 5G is a topic for another day, but in order to stay competitive in this marketplace, because if you're not competitive, you'll die on the vine, and this Huawei company will take over everything. But in order to even get access to the marketplace, you have to go through them because they own the patents. Like, this this should be the front page news. This, this is important shit here. What are we talking about? Ah, oh, Donald Trump, he, he, he fucked Stormy Daniels. Oh, there's, there's Russia, there's KGB running around. It's, it's idiocy. Method for correcting errors in data transmission. Regardless of whether a country chooses to block Huawei, there's no way to avoid paying royalties to license its 5G technology. With Huawei at the center of the 5G race, governments and carriers aren't ready to abandon it yet. Unlike in the U.S., officials in Germany and the U.K. still believe they can allow some Huawei equipment in their countries. If more countries follow the U.S.'s advice, knocking out Huawei won't be easy. There you go. North Korean oh, yeah, leader Kim Jong-un and Russian president. <laughs> and by the way, Kim Jong-un. Now Kim Jong-un is being controlled by Vladimir Putin. 
Best of luck, Vladimir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it brings us to the end once again. An absolute marathon. We've been going just over four hours. Whew. Time flies. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody in the chat. Kimmy Jong-un, Mike, Clay, Ocean Nathan, Stefan Sears, Sandra, the owner and CEO of TAVshow.com, ladies and gentlemen, James R. If you like, I, I am firm in my opinion that James R. is the best 10 to 15 minute shotgun present uh shotgun presenter on the internet bar none if you want to get you know data downloads in 10 or 15 minute bites where it's just bang 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 james is the guy to follow and you follow him at real person pltcs don't forget if you're not watching uh pirate radio late friday nights 11 30 p.m james and the evergreen preacher man chris mack they have a lot of fun. They swear at politicians. They get angry emails from senators, believe it or not. And you can do so. You can check that out by following Chris Mack at ChrisMC44. And then you'll get the notifications that way. I'll be back with James on Sunday night for Trust and Verify at TAV Show on Twitter. That's the easiest way to watch the show. Barring that, <clears throat> pardon me, I'll be back uh, on Monday through Thursday once again we'll do it all again we'll go over another week I want to thank everybody who took the time to send in the articles for the free-for-all that's what makes the free-for-all free keep the free-for-all free make the free-for-all free again Mafafa why not Mafafa <laughs> Matafafa Matafafa hashtag Matafafa make the free-for-all free again <clears throat> thanks so much yeah, but if you want five hours, stay here. Well, just four tonight. Just four tonight, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> so thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for uh, sending in your stories. And thanks for allowing me to spend some time with you. Thanks to the Patreons, of course. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Thank you to the podcast subscribers for sharing and listening and downloading. And if you'd like to become a podcast subscriber, you can do so. It's free. Just hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player, iTunes, Podbean, whatever. We're on a few of them. And if you'd like to tell me about China, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Bookie Bumper. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. China. I love them. China. 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 I have to have my China. China. China because China. 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 China, 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 China. I've been saying China, 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 China.
Let me ask you about China. China. I go to China. 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 People from China. They love me. China. 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 They say I don't like China. I love China. People think I don't like China. I love China. 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 Is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. 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 Whether it's China, China. So if you went to China and you wanted to get a job in China, I don't knock China. How could I dislike China? A man from China. China. You have China. Carl, take China.